Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by Rob and Tyler. On this episode, we discuss the classic Raiders of the Lost Ark. For those of you who are new to the podcast, the Morning Geekdom is a place where friends congregate to discuss all things pop culture. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark. If it is there, Atanis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me. And those... Should I be introducing this movie as Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark? No. Tyler? It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean... It, would, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, everybody knows what it is if you just say Raiders, right? Well, to be fair, it does. Everything I looked at said were just Raiders of the Lost Ark. But apparently when you look at like Wiki, things like that, it's been rebranded as Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I don't That's know. It's like saying Star Wars is Star Wars A New Hope. Like Star Wars is Star Wars. Yeah. I refer to the first Star Wars as A New Hope. Do you? Usually, yeah. because people won't understand what the fuck you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> Usually, I go episode four. You know, episode four, right? And they look at me like I got three heads. It's like episode four, the one with Luke and my, which one? <laughs> the first one, with, like with the little kid. No, dude, like Luke, Han Solo, Chewbacca. Like, yeah, this is what we like. Yoda. I'm like, fuck you. So yeah, that's what. It is. <laughs> Don't you just say like seventy seven? Is it seventy six, seventy seven Star Wars? No? Yeah, it's usually the first Star Wars, the OG but, Star Wars. No, yeah, the OG. Right. I don't use the OG. Speaking of Star Wars, do you prefer, we'll start with Tyler, do you prefer the Indiana Jones series of movies or Star Wars series of movies? It's a tough question. I think because now the Star Wars series involves some very bad movies, <clears throat> I skew toward uh, Indiana Jones, but um, as a kid when there were just the three and the three, I would probably say Star Wars at that point, even though it, it might have been a tie. Okay, Rob. Oh, I'm Star Wars the whole way. Like just no right hard for Star Wars, as they say. No <laughs> question. Yeah. Okay, so up until this point, I would have said Star Wars, but watching so there for whatever reason, Indiana Jones has been on my TV quite a bit the, like the last month. I don't know if they've been on. They seem like they're on the Paramount Network, which used to be a Spike Network, all the time. Like Last Crusade is on. Seems like every day. I think I prefer yeah, it's the Indie Network lately. I think I prefer Indiana Jones to to Star Wars now. I'm I'm there with you now, um, and part of that is I've, it's been Star Wars overkill in the theater the last handful of years. I'm just kind of I'm done with it for the time being. Even though, well, I mean, I say that even though I'm really excited about the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, but 
I've never... Oh, shit, I can't even say that because Indiana Jones 4 is the worst movie of all time, possibly. So. That's what I'm saying. Because before you guys go on this high horse of how yeah. great Indiana Jones is, like, remember, 4 is part of that thing. Before you shit on the prequels, remember, you got 4, too. Okay. Fair enough. But you have 4, which is still better than Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And it possibly still could be better than Revenge of the Sith. At least because it, you can say whatever you want for 4, and I can't stand Crystal Skull. But the acting isn't wooden. The acting isn't terrible. Some of the writing isn't great. Some of the scenes aren't great. Like, they make questionable decisions. But the acting in the prequels is is disgusting. It's terrible. Oh, without a doubt. And and we've been down this road before. But what I'm saying is, you can't say any Indiana Jones movie that's on the, the TV, we're going to sit down and watch. Because even if Indy 4 is on, I'm having a hard time sitting myself down and committing for the two hours. I can. What helps? What helps, though, is if you just refuse to acknowledge the existence of Indy 4, which I've done since I saw it in the theater day one. So that helps, but that's not a fair argument. Touche. And to be fair, I don't think when Paramount Network is playing these, I don't think I really, I, I they could be, and I could be 100% wrong. I don't know that Crystal Skull is making their rotation. Shouldn't. Yeah, I see. It's it, you're right. Anytime I turn it on, it's either Last Crusade or Temple of Doom. Raiders is actually the one I see the least on uh, Paramount Network. For sure. And but they're all on uh, Netflix right now too. Yeah, I mean, I they are. Yes, they are. Yeah. I uh, I don't know, man. The prequels are still way worse than than Raiders Four. I can't argue that. Sure. Or Raiders Four, <laughs> Indy Four. Um, and then sure. I'm with Tyler. Like we're being inundated with Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and you know it's obviously only going to get worse with three more Star Wars movies coming out and two TV shows. Yep. But what's looming that nobody wants to talk about in that little press release is Indy 5, 82-year-old 2021. <laughs> I don't think I'll, I honestly don't think I'll watch that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I will, actually. <laughs> but You know, he said the same shit, you know, whatever it was, two, three weeks ago. How could any of these movies get by you without actually seeing Like, whether it's a new yeah. Star Wars movie or a new indie movie. Um, even if they made, like, a sequel to E.T., I think any one of us bozos are paying a ticket for that one. You're right. So You're I, right. I will... I will begrudgingly I will for sure see Indy 5 uh, because I want to you know I want I want to experience it with my friends I want to be able to talk about it um, with the exception of this new Star Wars I don't know that I have any interest going forward in seeing anything that's not somehow related to the original trilogy meaning you know they're doing cu- character spin-offs and I don't even know if I'd be interested in that but I'm just leaving that open um, mm-hmm. but the new trilogy that's that's coming out in what two three years I don't really have zero desire to see that now that may change in two or three years but right now, knee-jerk reaction. I got zero desire to see that or these shows that they're putting out. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 we're flooding the market. It's too much. It's as I said the other the last time. It's just like give us a little time to breathe and to to miss it a little bit. Yeah. And who's you know who's to know if three years from now we're going to start missing it? But we've got so much in between between the TV shows and the cartoons that you don't even get a chance to miss it. Yep, you're right. I'm fine with the cartoons. <laughs> Not this new one, not Rebels, but the uh, the Clone Wars were good. Should Clone we just, Wars was great. Should we just jump in and start the pod since we've been... I don't want this all to be negative because we all love this movie. Personally, it's in my top 10 movies of all time. Is it oh, in your, sure. Where's it at for you, Rob? I'm easily top five, if not top three. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. I want to hear what Tyler thinks, and then I want to circle back to that. Tyler, where's it at for you? Raiders is in my top 10. Like I mentioned on the Goonies pod the other day, my... I prefer watching Last Crusade. I fully recognize that Raiders is a better movie and also one of my favorite movies ever. So it's in my top 10, but uh, not not as high as Crusade for me. So is Crusade higher in your top 10? 
of favorite movies all time. Yes. Okay. Best movies ever. Raiders. Crusade might not Interesting. make my 10 best movies ever, but Raiders does. Okay. So I understand what you're saying. So, but if we're looking at just what you personally like, not what you think is the mm-hmm. best movie of all time, but what you enjoy the most, are they both in your top 10? Yes. They are. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you in regards to, I like watching Last Crusade better. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just I think it's because it's a little bit more of a lighthearted movie. Yeah. It's not nearly as good of a movie. Right. But I'll watch it more. But I fully enjoy. I fully think Raiders is a better movie, and it's in my top ten. Where Last Crusade is not. But I actually watch it more. Similar to Back to the Future Two and Back to the Future One. Mm-hmm. I like Back to the Future One more. It's in my top ten. But I'll watch Back to the Future Two more often. Okay. Sounds weird, Rob. Yeah. Okay. So help me understand. Sure. Your top three movies are what? Empire, mm-hmm. Raiders, E.T. So you have just a boner for Spielberg and Lucas. That's all there sure. is to it. Yeah, that's cool. I, yeah. Those are those are. If I'm looking in my heart and saying like, what are what are the three most impactful movies? Um, those are the three. I, and I wish there was something better. <laughs> I'm good with that because those are all in my top ten. Got you. Uh, with Raiders being probably the furthest out, probably closer to the tenth. Oh. Um, but I, I understand. Empire's Empire's number one for me, and ET's in the right there in the mix too for you know five or six. So. Yeah, but my like my top ten is pretty eclectic between Holy Grail and mm-hmm. Braveheart, Spider Man Two, Eighty Nine Batman. I mean, there's there's some. I guess there's a little diversity. Moulin Rouge, which I know you hate. I, I don't <laughs> hate Moulin Rouge. I just I don't. I don't care for Moulin Rouge, meaning it. I watched it. It it was a point in my life, and I was I was over it. Like it's just not. I'm not a big Baz Luhrmann fan, and I think that movie is very stylized. And I don't know how. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of substance to me. It's just much no. more style than anything else. And that's I I I draw more to that between the way that the movie looks and the way that the the music kind of goes with the movie. It was and it's not, you know, a fantastic fantastic movie, but I think how it was made was so imaginative and so new and so like important to me as far as how my own tastes are that um that was a big deal movie for me. Like if I have to talk to talk about a Baz Luhrmann movie and this is again I haven't seen either Moulin Rouge or Ro- Romeo and Juliet in so long. I remember liking Romeo and Juliet more. Oh, but again, I haven't seen either in so long. Um, I didn't like Romeo and Juliet. You want to guess why? Because DiCaprio, I would imagine. <laughs> Leo, what if they? What if they? Ten years down the road, reboot Indiana Jones with Leo as Indy. What would you oh, do, Rob? Would your I'd, I'd write a strongly worded letter, as Damien would say. <laughs> so I have. That's actually a category. A little bit later, I want to ask you, gentlemen. <laughs> They're inevitably going to reboot this series, and I want to see uh, who you think should play him. I will not <laughs> well, watch a reboot of this series. So that, that's what I was going to ask, it, and we'll life. get to it a little bit later. So just right. hold your answer, but the question is going to be, one, do you want to see it rebooted or will you see it? Two, if they were going to reboot it and you begrudgingly had to see it, who would you want to play him? So I'm going to ask that a little later. Like just That's what they call a tease. Right. See, Tyler, he does this to me all the time. Like, he gets me all riled up and, like, I cue up an answer. Uh-huh. And then he's like, no, 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 we're not going to talk about that shit right now. You got, like, 20 minutes to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're the guy who wants to start the Game of Thrones podcast with the person who gets killed at the very end. Like, that's how you want to start. I want to talk about the things that I'm more excited about. <laughs> I get it. But I'm <laughs> I'm the captain. <laughs> right, right. You're the captain, buddy. Uh, look Can at I me. be Riker? Look at me. I'm the captain. Well, oh. All right. 
So the synopsis, not that anybody needs to know the synopsis for Indiana Jones, but let me stumble through this. Just a pee. Just, you know, let's talk about it. 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant before Adolf Hitler's Nazis can obtain its awesome powers. It's pretty good until you say awesome powers. I mean, the technical definition of awesome fits, right? <laughs> right, yeah. We're, I don't... We grew up in the 80s where we're watching Gleam in the Cube and everyone's saying awesome. <laughs> so, but The yeah. awesome powers, bro. If they would have ended it in bro, it would have been a problem. <laughs> Like this, we're not watching fucking rad, okay? We're not watching something like that, dude. I don't need awesome powers from something that is literally the power of of fucking Christ that melts. But that's face, that's the definition of awesome, it though. Face melts people. Hey, that's fucking awesome. All right, <laughs> I guess that's true. Came out in '81. None of us saw this in the theater. I I know that for sure. Tyler wasn't even born yet, so no. Tyler was a month old when this came out. Oh. Came out in June of eighty one. Yeah. Rob was, I don't know, five or six. You definitely didn't see four, it. Four, four. Calm down. Four. <laughs> I apologize. Thank you. <laughs> Directed by Steven Spielberg. I don't really know why I really need to go through these, but I'm just it's habit. Sure. Writer, Lawrence Kasdan. Rob, who's sure. Lawrence Kasdan? Oh, he co he wrote well, it's now he was a co writer of Empire Strikes Back. He wrote Return of the Jedi and he's been writing the uh the sequel trilogy as well. And, we're, and then he had some shit movies, too. What was his big shit movie? I think it was like The Big Chill, wasn't it? Yeah. We're like the fan. one he actually directed? Are we a fan of Lawrence Kasdan, or are we not a fan anymore of oh, Lawrence Kasdan? No, Wait. I... You you first, time. Well, I mean, you guys might have some inside information, but how could you not adore the writer of Empire, Jedi, and Raiders of the Lost Ark? Has he murdered people that... Well, I don't know. So, so you can say that... I mean, I don't know that you have to throw... When you say Empire and Raiders of the Lost Ark, I don't know that you need to throw Jedi in there. Jedi is an enjoyable movie, but it's not on the same level as either one of those. Well, sure. But, I mean, he, he wrote the story for one of our favorite movies ever. Sure, so. and then he also has written the prequels. Or the... Um, well, he, he allegedly had quite a, quite a bit to do with the prequels. And then he's also the writer of the new series of movies. So depending on how you feel about that. I heard he just did like um, not rewrites, but he just kind of did some things in Clone uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I didn't think he had that much to do with it. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you read. Again, yeah. like you said, with the editing, it depends on what you read. Like who actually edited those movies, and you know uh, who saved them, and they were unwatchable or not watchable. Sure. Regardless, he had quite a bit to do with writing these most the two most frequent or uh, most uh, the newest Star Wars movies. And you could almost argue um, that Empire really isn't all his because Lee Brackett was the first one to write it. Well, she wrote the screen, original screenplay, and then he came in and redid it after she died or something had happened with that one. Well, there's also something a, happened with her in the middle of it. I think Kirshner has a lot to do with how good that movie is, too. Oh, sure. You know, I think the direction of that movie um, is, pr- is pretty good as well. Yeah. Anyways, so Kasdan wrote the, the screenplay, but it's from a George Lucas story. Budgeted at eighteen million dollars. How does this movie made for eighteen million dollars? I understand it was in like seventy nine. Feels like it should have been more than eighteen million dollars. <laughs> as many explosions as there are, it should have been more right. money than that. I mean, did they? Did they? I mean, could they have ponied up a little bit more for maybe some of the special effects? <laughs> they might have special helped. effects are amazing in that movie. <laughs> All right, so it grows. It grows three hundred ninety million dollars. So successful. Wow. Uh, 95% critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 96% audience, which I found nice. odd, meaning 
I think it's up there, but I guess I've never really looked at those, the older movies, for, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and realized that they're at that high of a, a percentage. Originally called, what was it originally called, Rob? Do you know? No, I always thought it was Raiders. Tyler? I have no idea. The Adventures of Indiana Smith. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it still would have been a badass movie, but... <laughs> Just doesn't sound good, though, right? No. How'd they switch it to Jones? Did you read into that? Apparently, Spielberg and Lucas were talking about it, um, and he just they threw out Jones, and they they said it sounded good. Right. The only I know Indiana came from the dog from like his dog, George Lucas's dog. Yeah. So I've got I've got this. So have you read the <laughs> tapes, the transcript of the tapes of this story? No. From 1978. No. There's a transcript. There were tapes they recorded between Lawrence Kasdan, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg. Like the brainstorming and, time. Right. Okay. Exactly. And uh, I had this up last night, and um, I just did a search for Jones. And so there's this part where it says, uh, uh, I think this is Lawrence Kasdan says, do you have a name for this person, George Lucas? I do for our leader, Steven Spielberg. I hate this, but go ahead. Indiana, <laughs> Indiana Smith. It has to be unique. It's a character, very, very Americana square. He was born in Indiana, Lawrence Kasdan. What, what does she call him, Indy? That's what I was thinking. Or Jones. That's George Lucas. Mm-hmm. So he just threw Jones in there. Oh. Or Jones comes if he's... All right. Saying Indiana Smith. But then he ends up using the same story for, for naming Indiana after his dog. Because George Lucas's right. dog was named Indiana and is also an Alaskan Malamute, which I believe in Crusade, their dog is a either Malamute or Husky, correct? When yep. you see him? Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, I mean, should we is, – is George Lucas's dog just the big hero of both Star Wars and, and uh, Indy? Because he based Chewbacca off his dog as well. That's right. So are we giving George Lucas too much credit and not enough credit to the dog? The dogs, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they continue to be the best. The, the, I mean, the constant here is like George is your your big idea guy and everybody else kind of saves him, clearly including the dog. So. Or he's just stealing the ideas from the dog. Oh, I mean, there is that. <laughs> You're still upset about uh, Game of Thrones dog. Yeah, Ghost. He has a name, Rob. <laughs> he has a name Sorry. and his name is Ghost. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, he's out there doing name. ghost things with Tormund. They're having adventures. Did you, either one of you guys, Tyler, since you read that, I'm assuming you saw the, uh, how they convinced, how Lucas convinced Spielberg to direct this movie? I don't know that story. So apparently Spielberg wanted to direct a Bond movie, and Lucas said, hey, I have a better character than a Bond mm-hmm. character. And here it is, and that's how he pitched the idea. That's accurate. How many? What percentage of moviegoers would say that Bond, or that Indiana Jones is better than James Bond? What would you say, Rob? Oh, what a good question. It's a great question. I don't know. I I think it's I think the indie fans are gonna be lower than the James Bond fans. I think worldwide and you know, I, I think there's a particular kind of group that really appreciate Indiana Jones, but <clears throat> I mean James Bond is transcending way more generations than we are. So I imagine the True. it's probably like a seventy thirty split thirty on indie. Seems about right. Yeah, I would think that there's going to be considerably more Indiana Jones fans, just like you said, Rob. There's been, I don't know how many, a dozen Indiana Jones movies. You mean James Bond? I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. James Bond movies. Um, where Indy, obviously, there's only been those four. Uh, but I think Indy's a, a much better character. But they're not so indifferent, I don't think. No, I think they're they're very similar in both their kind of like moral compass and mm. dedication to duty and... Women. And women. <laughs> Dedication and to vagina. They are. <laughs> second week in a row, you're using the word vagina. It's just a little bit too much. I don't know me. what to tell you. Um, 
Shit, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, they're both. Do that. They're both. Look at Tyler's They're both. Face. I'm trying to spit it out. Shut the fuck up. Um, they're both guys that you want to have like a beer with. They're like guys, guys. And, you know, and they could be, you know, proper as they need to be. You know, James Bond could be like the suave little, you know, martini drinking guy. And Indiana Jones could be the professor. But like when you kind of get down to the meat of them, they're they're guys, guys. They'll they'll get their hands dirty. Um, you know, good people to 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 trust, I guess, for lack of a better word. I don't know that I've ever thought of or described James Bond as someone you would want to sit down and have a beer with. Hmm. I don't know why. Think of this. Think of the stories he could tell, man. For sure, sure but he seems a little bit pretentious. Yeah. Maybe it's the British thing. I don't know. Sure. Indiana Jones obviously doesn't doesn't feel like that. No. He's the greatest character. But I'll tell you what. I would I would sit down with Indy before I sat down with Han Solo. For sure. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I don't know that you can trust Han Solo. Sure. And, and that's a que- that's going to be a question a little bit. Okay. We call that a tease in the biz, right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> for some reason, every time I think about this movie, I always think that Harrison Ford got nominated for an Academy Award for this movie. He did not. No. I think John Williams did, didn't he? The movie was nominated for nine Academy Awards, yeah. including Best Picture and Best Director. It won, it won three. Um, I did not see India. I did not see John Williams nominated for this, but he may oh. have been. But I did not notice that in the in the uh, when I was checking them out. It won four Academy Awards. Four. So it was like editing. It was all technical stuff. Yeah, best effects, best sound, best art direction, set decoration. Oh, best sound is amazing. Best effects. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I mean, practical effects. Just sure. Like, I know we'll get to the boulder in a little bit, but that's... No, that's, the, the, yeah. the practical effects are great. The special effects, maybe not so much. But in like 81, what, what, they you, may that's have been. The second, that's the second time you brought that up. Like, what special effect in that movie did you not appreciate? I mean, I think there's a category we'll talk about that in. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. 90 minutes from now, we'll get right, to Right, right. So, yeah. But I'm <laughs> the one who stretches this shit out. Let's, go ahead. Let's get, let's get into the categories, and we'll get, to, we'll get to those... We'll get to those questions quicker, Rob. Okay. All right, so most watchable scene. I picked a lot. I mean, this whole, I could just say the whole movie, which I know Tyler hates, is is all just all the most watchable part, but let's go through the scenes. So the opening scene, is it maybe the most iconic scene of all time in any movie? So I, what, what I wrote down is the single most thrilling opening scene in movie history. It's, I, it's probably up there. I can't off the top of my head think of one. I know Jaws holds a very specific mm-hmm. tense moment yeah when, yeah when she gets you know attacked by the shark and the and john williams score and how it's shot is very tense but this might be the most exciting um the shot of indiana jones where you never see him and then the guy unclips the gun and goes to shoot him and he turns and he's silhouetted cracks the whip it might be the best opening shot of any character of all time it's amazing yeah I, it's I shot that's amazing weird. Your definition of your hero. There's like no doubt in your mind that this guy is going to be the guy that you're like. This is the badass of the movie. Yeah, the way that was great intro. The way he sh- it's shot. The way he's silhouetted. The hat. How handsome Harrison Ford is. Mm-hmm. The 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 score that's playing behind him. You know, it's just all amazing. Yeah. And the fact that the yeah. guy just runs away. And what <laughs> what kind of follows that is this kind of not an intense scene, but this kind of great scene. Of him like um, putting the whip away and just kind of rolling it up with like this yeah. like authority yeah. with Alfred Molina just kind of in the background going like oh shit. <laughs> Speaking of Alfred Molina, if there's a, if there's a weak part of this movie, it's Alfred Molina, right? Oh my god! Really? I know you didn't say that. <laughs> okay. Wow. So 
I have a little, I have a little bit of problems with his with his accent. It's a little inconsistent. <laughs> it's a little inconsistent. <laughs> and then I got a little problems with this move. Like yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of you who are listening at home, Anthony is rubbing his fingers together. <laughs> so well, it's it's that shot of obviously which I think is the most iconic shot of the whole movie where Harrison is looking at the the was it a uh, the idol. Yeah, but what is the, the idol, idol, Rob? Uh, fertility the fertility idol, right? idol. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he's looking at the idol and he's like scrubbing or he's like rubbing his face and he's like lifts his hat up and he's trying to understand like what what that trap is and then what the weight of that is Rob's got the idol shocker uh, oh my god <laughs> so he's trying to understand what the weight of that is and then you just see Alfred Molina in the back and then they they show him he's just like rubbing his fingers together which I don't understand yeah, he's, he's he's in the moment man he this is life <laughs> or death and he's Right. He's watching a, a damn badass superhero. That is exactly the... It, he is the audience at that moment because we're all holding our breath trying to figure <laughs> out what it is and he's doing exactly what we're doing, just kind of looking at it in awe. So Dr. Octopus is just in, in awe of the situation. Yeah. Okay. All right. And- I, I, I can't believe that you are ragging on him. I think it, he's he does so well in those five minutes or whatever. It's a shame that you know a character that good... Well. I mean, I, I guess I'm not saying that he's like the worst performance, but in the in the overall movie, he's probably the, mm. the for anybody who actually has a character name who's not just you know a background character or an extra, mm. he's probably the weakest performance of it all, I think, because he's just mm. it's a lot of overacting to me, a lot of over the top facial expressions. He's just like he's really dialing it up, but that's fine. I sure. disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> and then obviously the the, scene- the accent is that. The- the accent's the thing that really pops out, though. Even to this, I watched it this morning, and the, the accent is the one that just kind of right. he can't figure out if he's Spanish, Mexican, um, <laughs> English from Chicago. He he doesn't know where he's from. Okay, or maybe it's also the uh, and I'm just and this is not his fault. It's that shit like dummy that they're using that's impaled by the yeah. spikes that looks <laughs> nothing like him. <laughs> um, adios, Cepito. Yeah, adios. <laughs> And then obviously the end of the scene with the chasing boulder to what Tyler, you know, what Tyler said is, or Rob, I don't remember which one of you said it. Amazing practical effect looks beautiful. It's pulled off without. It doesn't look fake at any point. Yeah, well, it's real. I mean, that that's a five hundred pound boulder. Is it? Yeah. I did not I see that. that. Yeah, it's uh, it was the what the scale they wanted it to be built Spielberg wanted it was like significantly larger but it just wasn't going to work inside this studio where they set it all up so they scaled it down i think to God, 20 feet wide i forget what it was but i remember reading it was 500 pounds and um yeah man that right. was amazing i know the effect at disneyland when the, on that ride when they do it looks pretty real yeah oh yeah I'm waiting for Rob to pull out like a boulder from his collection i don't have the boulder right. the the, the thing that i always remember about the boulder is the um the Indiana Jones stunt show at um, MGM Studios from like a hundred years ago. Sure, <clears throat> because that was like a major piece of it, and like that's the big joke. Like after the scene, you see like the stagehands like walking it back up. <laughs> not five hundred pounds. That not that one. Not five hundred pounds. All right. So then the next scene I have is introduction to Marion. I think there's a real chemistry between uh, Karen Allen and Harrison Ford. Maybe I'm the only person that thinks that. I don't know, but I think she's for what she's asked to do. She's she's fine in this movie. She's a train wreck in Indy 4, but I think she's fine in this movie. Uh, she's great in this movie. I think yeah. there's a lot of uh, charm to her in this movie and a lot of kind of like innocent charm because they, you, you forget how weird it is when they first start talking 
And, like, there's this tension, and they start talking into, like, you know, whatever he did to her, and you're kind of developing this scenario in your head, and then right. she goes into, you know, I was a child, and he's like, you knew what you were doing, and you're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> so but that, um, I, she pulls off innocent well. So that leads me into a question. Thank you, Rob. You're welcome. Is, Harris, is Indiana Jones a bad friend for, uh, for Bird Dog and his friend's daughter? No, nah, man. What do you mean, no? Nah? I mean, Hold well, on. I mean, for the question before that is how old is Marion? Does it matter? Oh, God, yeah. She's 16 years old. Fuck, it matters. <laughs> okay, look. Obviously, if she's a child, that matters. That's not what I'm saying. But it was what the I'm 30s, saying, man. What I'm saying is if 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 it's your friend, if it's your mentor, because mm. they never say how old. You can't understand really how old anybody is in this movie. You don't. Un- I don't yeah, know yeah. what the age gap of Marion and Indy is supposed to be. So you would assume that, that Ravenwood is... Maybe Her- maybe Indy's mentor. Again, they never really get into that either. But you shouldn't be hooking up with your mentor, friend, whatever's daughter. It's just bad. It's bad. Mm-mm. Well, if I may, just give <laughs> I, a little kind of something to this. Here we go. Um, I feel that if it's you know, and you're he's like your apprentice, and you're like the the professor or whatever it happens to be, and you have a good relationship with that. It's from what they make it sound like it's like a father son almost kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you have a daughter and you have high respect for this young man, you know it may have been something that just kind of fit. You know, it, it all comes down to age, as you said, because Tyler said if she's sixteen and he's like twenty two, like that's <laughs> a little bit too much. Yeah. But if she's like seventeen and he's like twenty. And they're kind of occupying the same space and like a relationship builds like it's not out of the question for this kid that you trust completely and that you have an appreciation for all of a sudden has an interest in your daughter. And you're kind of like, well, you know, I, you know, so but again, age is a big deal. So Ravenwood has to know what kind of person Indy is right in regards sure. to women. He might not be the most respect. I mean, I guess he's respectful, but he moves on pretty quick. True. Maybe now, not ideal. Maybe not ideal for your daughter. That's all I'm saying. Tyler, did you watch any of the young indie stuff? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did. Oh, do they uh, get into dude from Boondock Saints, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do they get yeah. into that? Do they get into Ravenwood? I don't recall seeing her at all. It's been 50, well, twenty years nearly since I watched that. Oh, okay. Um, but no, I don't recall any of the characters from the movies other than Indy, of course. And uh, maybe there's a Mar- Marcus Brody, a, a younger Marcus Brody's in it. No, I was curious if they if the father was in it and he was one of the mentors to young Indy. Because I oh never watched that show. It's unwatchable, Good so don't, you're not missing much. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm just I've tried to watch it re- like within the last probably five years. It's pretty terrible. You <laughs> I watch tried to watch it when it first came out and it was unwatchable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You watch it and you realize real quick why it got canceled. Yeah. 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 I mean he's no River Phoenix, you know what I'm saying? Like River Phoenix sure. as young Indy is perfect. But there was one episode that actually had Harrison Ford in it. Oh. Hmm. And he plays like, and I want to say it's the saxophone, which makes it just that much more amazing. He plays some sort of instrument. It's like Indiana (laughs) Jones with like a beard and like a a winter jacket. And while he's, it's not a saxophone. It can't be a saxophone. I hope it's like a violin. (laughs) But if it's a saxophone, you automatically go to the Lost Lost Boys guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was just Indy. I still <laughs> yeah, with the chain, he's got like an actual chain necklace, and he's like uh, l- like lubed up. It's the best. He is a it's regular out at uh, at ChillerCon out here in uh, New Jersey. So if you For ever sure. want to meet that guy, he's out here. I'm pretty sure but, he's um, just called the saxophone guy. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, but either way, there's an episode with Harrison Ford in it. 
So let's get back into, obviously, introduction to Marion. Isn't the headpiece a little bit too big to be wearing as a fucking necklace? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah, one thing that's bit. always bothered me. Uh, on the day-to-day, too. She, like, she wears it to the bar. Like that, that, It does seem a little excessive. That seems like a lot, right? And then, yeah. what's his name? Tote? Tot? Thought. What is it? T-H-O-T. It's thought. T-O-H-T, by the way. It's not T-H-T. It's T- Do you know what thought, thought. means? Yes. <laughs> I'm this sure is your amazing. Told you. Oh, my students know what a thought means because <laughs> somebody came in and they're like, "Well, would you call me a thought?" I was like, "What the hell's a thought?" I was like, "This dude from Indiana Jones." I'm like, what is Indiana Jones? It's like, just oh, tell me what thought means. It's like, oh, it's that hoe over there. I was like, that's <laughs> amazing. One, two, you shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> okay, first of all, the guy's name is T O H T, not T H O T. I think we should change that. Okay, so <laughs> he's not called the hoe over there, but I might refer to him as that now. But let me. This it's a burning question that's always bothered me. What the uh, fuck is that guy? Dude, he's terrifying. He scared me like crazy as a kid. His, his, I'm you with know, you. His, his voice, a trembling voice, and it. Uh, he's man, I he's a fucking ghoul. Like he's a ghoul. <laughs> but what yeah. is he? Is he supposed to be German? Is he spo- like I don't understand? He's he's German. He's uh, what do you call? He's SS. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. I don't know, man. The dude terrified. And watching it again last night still terrifies me. Makes he makes me physically uncomfortable. What should we talk about? <laughs> yeah, the fucking creepy voice. He's like small in stature, but he looks like he might turn into like a demon or something. Sure, but and he's the enforcer of all of for like the entire Nazi party. He is the guy apparently, and and carries his own uh, fucking hanger with him. That's right, which is a boss move. <laughs> that looks like nunchucks. Pulls it out and just hands it to somebody like here. Hold my coat, you little bitch. <laughs> It's amazing. Who brings a giant leather coat to the middle of Egypt? <laughs> that hoe over there. <laughs> Fuck, that's the best. Let's just stop the podcast. That's good. It's over. It's the, he's, I'm with you, Tyler. He haunts my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next scene, Well of Souls. I don't know. It might be one of my favorite scenes of any movie of all time. A, because I hate snakes, and it makes me so fucking tense still, even though like 75% of those snakes are just rubber snakes. That yeah. scene, high definition does not do that scene any justice or no. any any uh, favors because you can see all the snakes are not real mm. pretty pretty easily. And the, the, the snake slithering through the skeleton's mouth. It, it, oh, oh, God. Fuck. That's a great shot. That yeah, my and favorite. They have the one. My favorite is when he lands. I love when we talk over each other. Sorry, Anthony. Go. No, go for it. Go for it, Rob. The when he finally lands on the ground and he's like picking his head up, and then you have like the cobra-looking one just staring at him in the face. Yeah. Yep. One of my favorite scenes. Yeah, that I think that whole scene is is super well done. Uh, obviously, Sala gives the great line like, "Indy, why is the floor moving?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad. It's again. I'm going back to strategy. Bad strategy by Sala and Indy just openly digging into this big ass well, like right next to the Nazi party. Yeah. That's 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 something that came to mind too. That was just like the worst the most unbelievable thing in the history of movies possibly. That there's the like a whole legion of the Nazi army is there with <laughs> a dig team and literally a hundred yards away in broad daylight on top of a hill, Indy starts his own dig team and they're singing while digging. Yeah, I was gonna say they're <laughs> elevated and they're like yeah. higher they're not the super not incognito. Maybe no. if you're pretty sure they're not going to find it, maybe just wait till they're done. Yeah. Like well, I don't understand the urgency that Indy has in this movie. Like keep an eye on what they're doing. They're yeah. obviously not going to find it. They're going to give up. Peace out. I'm good. Mm-hmm. 
I think the urgency is, if I if I can kind of co-write this thing, is uh, Marion. Because the bit that you skipped was that whole Marion kidnap scene. Sure. That he kind of walks in and kind of sees her. And I think that brings the, the urgency there. But he could have, t- sure. he could have, if he gives, he has the scene where he grabs her, right? And he can take her and, and, and free her. Chooses not to because if he frees her, then they're going to be, they're going to know something's up. He yep. could still free her and then and then just not dig. They just go into hiding and then once the once the Nazis can't find what they're looking for, they'll leave. I mean, the Nazis have a lot of other things going on in the uh, in the late thirties. Yeah. Just saying, maybe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're going to get preoccupied with I don't know France or someplace like that. Right. No big deal. Just saying. Just saying. All right, and then uh, Indy versus the Nazis for the plane. Mm. Come on. Awesome. This might be Harrison Ford's finest acting of all time. <laughs> like when he's fighting with that dude, I love it. Like his, the reactions he's giving him, the yeah. faces. There's the point where he's like, he fought with the one guy with the wrench. He's going to get on the plane. Big dude comes out and he just gives him a look like, come on, bro. Like, just give me, I need like two minutes to just just calm down. It's, it's been a long day. That look is priceless. Yeah. I've got a problem with the fight scenes, though. The fist fighting, most just the fighting in general in this movie. It's just, uh, it's, it's. I don't know the right word for it, other than not good. Fake? What? Um, <laughs> How I mean, dare they're enjo- you? They're enjoyable, but you know, physical movement is not Harrison Ford's strength. Like as a, <laughs> like every muscle in his body is used to run slowly, uh-huh. and uh, it's just, I don't know it. There was one part in particular where the big, bald, shirtless guy punches him on the right side of his face, which would make him fall left, and he does a wild spin move, double spin move to his left. Uh, so, it's acting, bro. <laughs> right. So are you saying maybe Harrison Ford's not a great uh, athlete? That's what I'm saying. Okay. He's the slowest runner. Maybe he's deceptively fast, but he looks – it's just so much effort in his running in every movie. You know, run down the corridor in Empire – Mm-hmm. It's just, there's just a lot going on. I'm gonna it's g- acting. I'm gonna give Harrison Ford a pass because he's the most handsome man ever, especially in this movie, and he's mm-hmm. fucking Indiana Jones and and Han Solo. So I'm gonna give him a pass on his lack of being able to fall the right way when getting punched by a 300 pound Nazi <laughs> from Pat Roach. But you know what yeah. it is? They they make up for it with fight scenes in Indiana Jones with like great sound effects. So like oh, yeah. every punch sounds amazing. So it doesn't matter how bad the punches are, the, every one of them nails it. So yeah. I'm so excited that you said that because the next scene, that's what tips it for me, is the sound effects. The sound mm-hmm. effects and editing make the scene, and I, I can understand why they'd get why they'd win an, an Academy Award for it. But before we move on to that, does anybody else love the fact that the Indiana Jones fights dirty? <laughs> do you mean like bringing a, a gun to a sword fight? And so I, what do you mean? I love that so much. I love that part so much. And I don't know if they're paying homage to the fact that, um, you know, they, they were messing with the who shot first in, in A New Hope with oh. with Solo and Greedo. But I think at that point they hadn't changed that, obviously. Oh, that scene with the guy with the sword? Right. Oh, the, the story for There's a whole story with that. Let's hear it. So the, the original story was everyone that was on set um while they were shooting i think i guess they were in cairo um got a stomach bug and they were all dealing with like food poisoning and harrison ford was also dealing with food poisoning the only one who wasn't suffering was spielberg because he got his food flown in so there was supposed to be this whole elaborate fight and if you look up deleted scenes raiders you're going to see like a a choreographed like whip slash um sword fight between them which is like very elaborate but i guess it was the last scene of the day 
and Harrison Ford wasn't happening. So I guess he like as they were kind of gearing up to do it again, he's like, why wouldn't I just shoot this sucker if I got the gun right here? <laughs> and Spielberg was like, OK, let's just do that. And that's what actually ended up sticking. I mean, I think so, that that's the, 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 the right Indiana Jones move. Yeah. Yeah. Be- that's what's so great. This guy, like in the opening scene, the guy whips it, the, the one of the, his traveling partners whips out the gun he, and he gets the whip. So he'll fuck you up with a whip if you've got a gun. He'll kill you with a gun if you've got a sword. He'd fuck if you have a flamethrower. He'd fuck you up with a plastic spoon and a Nerf football or something. <laughs> he, he can do anything in any way, and he, he's just the coolest character in the history of the world. Well, and that's and Indiana Jones. That's why I'm saying in in the scene where he's fighting uh, Pat Roach, the, the the large Nazi for the plane, mm. he th- kicks him in the balls. He throws fucking <laughs> dirt in his face, and I'm all for it. Yeah, doesn't he bite him too? He bites him as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. All right, so then the final scene I have is opening the Ark of the Covenant. So for me, the sound effects and the score are the best part of that scene. Yeah, It is truly like the effects that they use, the sound effects they use for all of like the entities that are flying around and opening it and, and the people's fucking face melting and the score that John Williams is putting out at that point kill that scene. My question is, there's a lot of face melting. <laughs> there's a lot of exploding faces. And this movie is rated PG. At what point are you going to let Indiana watch this movie, Tyler? <laughs> oh, man. He's That's already seen question. it. No, he hasn't. It's like oh. the, one of the burning questions in my life is like when I can let him and, watch this movie. And what are you going to do if he doesn't like it? Oh, That's, that's going to be a sad moment. Does he, know, I, does he know he's named after this character? He does, yeah. He, he's got indie shirts. He's got a, a hat that Rob has, you know, the... Yeah, the fedora. The fedora. Um, so I don't know. I, hopefully he can watch it very soon, within the next couple of years maybe. Okay. He's a weird kid. He, he got scared at Up. <laughs> yeah. What scared him at Up? There's a part where the house, it's losing its balloons and they're on the island and it's banging into the trees as the dogs are chasing them. And it was just an, intense and he was two, but I mean... He started crying, and we're like, wait, what? This is up. <laughs> it's fucking up. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's recap the scenes I just said real quick. Uh, so you have the opening scene. You have the introduction of Marion, the marketplace scene, Well of Souls, Indy versus Nazis for the plane, and the opening uh, of the Ark of the Covenant. Do either of you gentlemen have another scene you want to add, or what is your favorite scene? Tyler? Um, I don't think I would add another one. My... My number one choice with a bullet is the opening scene. I think if you, <clears throat> from the opening credits to the moment of him bursting through the cobwebs as he leaps out the cave entrance, I think if you cut it there, it would still be one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> so I, I think that movie, that, that scene is just, we obviously said it, it's so iconic and it's great in every way to me. So that's my choice. Rob? I'll throw that first scene in there, too. I actually show that scene, um, well, I used to show that scene in my film classes as, like, the uh, the opening ideas to, like, studying the, what a MacGuffin is. And, like, <clears throat> do you know what a MacGuffin is? You know what a MacGuffin yeah. is. Mm-hmm. For the people who don't know what a MacGuffin is, it's, a, um, it's an object of desire. It's something that, like, an entire story is built around, either getting it or talking about it or whatever. So I used to do a MacGuffin project, and we would watch that opening scene because it's only, like, 15 minutes long, but you actually yeah. get everything you need to know about MacGuffin from that. So that is number one. Um, number two, one of my f- favorite kind of fun scenes in the movie is as he's um, teaching the class, the scene that immediately mm-hmm. follows it. Oh, yeah. 
Um, when he's got, you know, he's working at the board and all the girls are like sitting there dreamingly at him and she's got love you written across her eyeballs and Anthony would be the same way if he was in the class. Yeah. It's Harrison Ford, bro. It's eight, it's, it's it's early eighties Harrison Ford. Like, yeah, snail trails. But it's, it's an important moment because it's like, this guy is more than just kind of like this person who's just running around being a loon. Like Mm -hmm. he's grounded in reality. He's got a real job. There's reasons why he's doing all this stuff. Um, and you get a better sense of why he's doing everything. It's sure it's about the adventure and all that stuff, and he's excited about all that stuff. But the job is a means to go on the adventure. So I think that that whole scene is an important piece of it. Perfect. Um, Perfect. But my other one is <clears throat> right after he assumes Marion is dead, he has like the 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 scene with Balak at the bar at the hookah bar, mm-hmm. um, and they actually have this kind of civil discussion of what is kind of happening around them, and it's those those little kind of timeout moments <clears throat> of like let's sit down and like discuss the plot of the movie, like the characters actually do it, and sure. I love those moments because it, it gives a lot of uh, insight on what's going on with them. Like if these two guys weren't competitors, you know they might be buddies. They have the exact same passion for whatever they happen to be doing so those scenes are important sure uh, for me i think in i'll just for all the reasons you guys already said the opening scene is my favorite scene and the scene i'll watch the most i also love the scene you're referring to where he's kind of mourning for for marion he's got the monkey and that's going to end up being a, quite a bit of my favorite lines from the movie are from that mm-hmm. scene sure all right so next category standout performance i mean there's only one i put karen allen as marion in here as well but it's really just harrison ford Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. I'll give a. I'll give a little love to John Reese Davies for as Sala. He's great, and yep. he's, he's a mo- very minor role. For sure, I guess rel- relatively, but um, yeah, it's for me, it's Indy. Yeah, and John Reese Davies is in late. Is in the later category for me as Sala, but he's just not in the movie enough. Uh, but he's he's fantastic in this as well. Um, so now speaking of Harrison Ford, since we just said he gives the performance of the movie, is this his best movie? Rob? Good question. Um, this is the movie I go to when I think Harrison Ford, I go to this movie. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily his best acted movie, but I think this is his most uh, watchable movie. Like, the, not beyond the Star Wars stuff, like his most, you know, standalone kind of watchable movie, sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be argued that it's his best movie. Tyler? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good distinction too. whether it's you know his best movie or his best acted movie i'm not sure if it's both of those but yeah i think it's it's his best movie um is the fugitive maybe his best active acted movie i would say the fugitive is his best acted movie but i think this is his best movie as a whole yeah yeah i agree with that because in the fugitive i wouldn't agree the fugitive i mean you have tommy lee jones who's killing it in that movie yeah, and I think that the the fugitive is Tommy Lee Jones' movie. I think they actually, you know, so like Harrison Ford's the name on it. But yeah, in my, I don't think that's necessarily Harrison Ford's best movie. If I'm just going to kind of throw my two cents in there, I think it's his best um, acted. movie. Sadly, I think his best acted movie is, and this is going to sound weird, is um, regarding Henry. Hmm. I haven't seen that in a long time, but I, yeah. I liked it as a kid. And it might just be because it's a little bit more heavier material and it's more of a dramatic role, but just kind of like if, if him at his quote unquote best is probably that one for me. Yeah, I always well, go back. Like if I have to pick a scene from any movie where Harrison Ford I think is is fantastic, it's the interrogation scene from Fugitive. Yeah, where he's yeah. coming to the realization like they're gonna they're gonna accuse me of this, and he's dealing with the grief of losing his wife, and sure. then that uh, uh, the realization of like I'm going down for this. I think is like if I have to put. You know, when Harrison Ford eventually passes away and they have to play something 
you know, at the Academy Awards for him or some or whatever, I think that would be the scene I would show beyond besides, you know, obviously anything Han Solo, anything anything Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. When while we're on his resume, <clears throat> were you guys as fucked up as I was when you <laughs> saw him in what in what lies beneath when he oh. ends up being the bad guy? This yeah. guy who has been like the hero of all heroes in every movie basically. So what I re- to see him to see him be the villain that totally fucked me. What up. I, I was remember not expecting that. What I sorry, Todd, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were done. What I remember about that movie specifically is I actually remember liking that movie. Haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember thinking like Harrison Ford hasn't been in in, in anything that was enjoyable for me up to that point. I thought for a while, mm. and I thought he was actually really good in that movie. And I was surprised that he was the villain. But he's very understated in that movie. Yeah. But I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I never really cared for that movie. Like, and I think it's probably for the reasons you guys just said. It just never sat right with me. Mm. And it, yeah, I there, there was a lot to that movie that I didn't quite like, love or get or whatever it was. And I might have just been in the wrong state of mind as I was watching it. But it was yeah, meh. I'm good. <laughs> I was that was a good pass for me. All right. Would you rather be hair? Would you rather be uh, Indiana Jones or Han Solo? <clears throat> Tyler. Go, Rob. No, let's, I want to hear what Rob says first. <laughs> um, all right. Like, all right. So let's 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 dial it in and define what you mean by that. Let's not just kind of be like, which movie would you rather be in? That's not what... Am no, I no, living? no, 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 no. Uh, oh, 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 oh. What person, assuming they're right. a real person, based on okay. all the information you have from many sure. movies, sure. which character would you rather be? I'm not saying movie. Which character? Oh. <sighs> You had to assume this person in real life. Yeah. I. Oh. All right. So, all right. So, a 12 year old Bobby Leonard would have said Han Solo, full stop. Mm-hmm. Because that is. I mean, you're, you've got Chewbacca, you're going out on adventures, you're like, you're falling in love with the princess, like you, you have new purpose, like you're, you're, you're living your dream, you're kind of doing everything in, you're completely free, and um, you know, you're a kind of a big deal in the galaxy, <laughs> and that job just seems a lot more fun, but like the 42-year-old Bobby Leonard here, on reflection of like what it is to be these people, especially since Sol- uh, Solo came out, and just like Han Solo had a shit childhood. I would kind of, you know, I would, you know, double back to I'll be Indiana Jones because that is a little bit more of a classical adventurous lifestyle, but with like a little bit more responsibility. Tyler, how's that? Yeah, I like that answer. But the broader perspective of everything that has gone on in Han Solo's life and being on the run and being having a bounty on your head, that's not very appealing, even though he's such a badass and gets to fly the greatest ship of all time. But, um, Back to Rob's point earlier about what this double life of Indiana Jones is, him being this awesome adventurer and archaeologist, but also this college professor. And I love that they have that in Last Crusade also, where you see him in the classroom. And and uh, so those things appeal to me on, on a bigger scale, I think. So um, I'd go with And Indy. if you actually look at it, if we're really going to get philosophical on this stuff... Because we've now that we've we've got Han Solo's complete story arc, you know, we got his kind of early years and then we got his eventual death. I mean, besides the <clears throat> everything that kind of transpires in, in Star Wars, and you could even argue that like that's a shit time of his life. Um, he doesn't necessarily have the storybook story, uh, storybook life. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, he gets he tries to settle down, has a couple of kids, and those kids seem to be disasters. Um, whereas Indiana Jones kind of moves from like woman to woman. And kind of going on his adventures, always having steady work, 
um, and then eventually presuming Marion Ravenwood's the love of his life. I mean, that's a little bit more of a, a, a storybook ending. Yeah. So, again. Yeah, I'm, I'm going indie, and I'm going indie specifically because I don't think Han Solo is happy with his life. I mean, I he's that. he might be happy prior to A New Hope, and then after that, it doesn't appear to be a very good life. He's always on the run. He's part of a group that's being hunted. He's specifically being hunted. Um, he gets murdered by his son. So I'm good. I think I'm good. Yeah, good. I'm good. Even though, you know, if I'm Indy, my son ends up being Shia LaBeouf, and then he has a bunch of issues, and he's going out wearing sweatpants and Uggs. Um, I think I'm good, <laughs> but I would rather. I think I'd rather have Indy. I need you. You know how we did like the music before? I think this is a good time since we're talking about Shia LaBeouf and we'll never get to Indy 4 because that movie blows. It's it's an important part that you put the uh, Shia LaBeouf actual cannibal song in the background. Okay. So again, you know, I didn't steer you wrong with Game of Fucking Thrones. There's the Shia LaBeouf actual cannibal, like, it, it's almost like a chorus singing it. It's amazing. And as you listen to the lyrics of how Shia LaBeouf is an actual cannibal and he's like battling somebody, mm-hmm. not only do you have this chorus singing along, it's like a full orchestra and uh, interpretive dance happening in the background. It is amazing. And you think he's a terrible actor? I think Shia LaBeouf is an awful actor. Okay. I just want just to make sure. Yeah, no. But as far as his inspiration for the song, amazing. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Worst performance of the movie? I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody who say they just gave a terrible performance. Tyler, Rob, either one of you gentlemen have anything? Yeah, you said Alfred Molina. I said Alfred Molina gives an overacting performance. Oh. Uh, okay. No, I don't know if anybody brings their, you know, nobody's not bringing their A game. I mean, I really? think we got what we got. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. The Jamie Award, uh, Fo- uh, Jamie Foxx Award for overacting. Alfred Molina. I can't. What the fuck is going on? Am I having like a Alfred Molina? I think I might be having a stroke over here. (laughs) Alfred Molina as Rob Satipo. Sapito. Sapito. And then everyone playing a German soldier in this whole movie gives an overacted performance. Every single, including the monkey. The dude. His name is. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, this is a debate we need to have. Is his name Satipo, which is what he's credited as, or Sapito, which Indy says, as he says, adios, Sapito, as he's got a dagger through his head. Such a great question, Tyler. So I always thought it was Sapito because that's what Indy says. But looking it up on IMDb, it's S-A-T-I-P-O. Right. I don't know. So maybe, yeah. Maybe it's all on pronunciation. Maybe we just hear it the wrong way. Could be. I've always thought it was Sapito. I think we should stick with Sapito. Tyler, you're our linguist. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I always thought it was Sapito also, but uh, I was I was surprised to see on IMDb yesterday that it, they said Satipo. So who gives the most overacted performance in this movie? Do you guys have anybody else you want to add? <clears throat> I mean, literally, everybody who's a German soldier is pretty is pretty over the top. I got two. Let's hear it. If I may. Yeah. The, uh, the, the guy who's not Porkins from the FBI... <laughs> Okay. He's, so whoever he's a that guy dick, is, by the way, he is a dick, but he's also overacting his ass off. But the whole time, the whole time, Indies is trying to explain what the the Ark of the Covenant is, the you know the 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 Soul of Wells or the Wells of Soul with Soul of Wells, whatever it's called. He's looking at him like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, if I'm Indy, I'm like, bitch, you came to me. Like, go get fucked, man. You came to me to ask me. Don't give you these want looks. me in my big book. Yeah, I'm gonna live a good life without you guys. I'm fucking Indiana Jones. 
<laughs> yeah. Finish your thought, Rob. I'm sorry. And then the other overacting. <clears throat> well, let me say, I'll give you three now because now the other one popped into my head. The second <laughs> one is the old man who is. Um, oh yeah. Translating the the whatever the what do you call oh, the yeah. medallion? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because he kind of talks like this. <laughs> um, and then the other, which is funny, because he's got this hot, he's got like the big burly beard, and he just looks like this wise man, but he's all the way up here. Um, and the the other one is the drunk that she's like competing with oh, in yeah. Nepal. Is that a man or a woman? That is a man. And yes, I totally agree, because forever I thought it was a chick, but it's not a chick. It's like some big burly man with an afro. I 100% for like almost my whole life have thought that, have thought that was a woman. Now I think that's a dude. I that's agree with you because recently watching it, I'm like, that's a man. Yep. Maybe it's the high definition. I thought it was a woman. <laughs> that's the point. You know, it's a woman going against the man. Men can outdrink women and Marion proves them wrong. And therefore that. that yeah. But adds I, to I don't know. Stature. I don't know that in 81 we had the same look, like the same visuals. Like we, I don't know sure. if as a society we were thinking that same way. So I, I thought that it was like a big burly woman against mm-hmm. little right. Marion. That's how I, I perceived it as a child. And technically on the rewatch. She didn't win the drinking competition because, like, they're going shot for shot. Yeah. And a weird-looking man took the shot. That's the one he passed out on. And she, but she didn't do her own shot in order to hit that number. Are you, presuming, sure, are you sure she wasn't first? Good yeah, point. Yeah. I have no idea. How it's perceived by the audience, I assume she's going second. But That's I could be wrong. I always thought. Maybe, maybe the rules, and we need to dig in and do some hard research on this important topic <laughs> is that you you if you pass out you lose no matter right. whether or not yeah tyler well the, where are you gonna the find, rules when i went to school where are you gonna find day. nepal drinking rules i gotta, I gotta go to nepal all right I, let me know let me know what happens all right all right so who did the most the least so i have john reese davies as sala i have uh uh how do you pronounce his name denholm dull Dol, elliot as brody Denim, did, Denim Elliott, yeah. Okay. Denim. Denim. Okay, thank you. And uh, Ronald Lacey as that hoe over there. <laughs> now, look, I, I would say, unless you gentlemen have anybody else you wanted to add. I do. Go for it. I'm going to go with the airplane pilot, Jock. Okay. <laughs> That's just my friend, yeah. my pet snake, Reggie. <laughs> is it because is it because he's a, he's a, a, a Yankees fan? No, I mean, oh. that's cool. But, I mean, he's, he names his pet Reggie, or Snake Reggie. Yeah. But he's, he looks at Indy running. There's an entire tribe of natives chasing after them that would kill Indy and him, surely. And he's got a fish on the pole, and he's decided, oh, do I want the fish or do I want to save my life and my friend? And he begrudgingly <laughs> drops the pole and starts it up. And, you know, that, that part was great. And then as they're, they're flying away in the plane, he, he's just, that's my Snake Reggie. I hate snakes, Jock. Nice guy. Yeah. I hate him. Um, nobody's going to say, uh, what the fuck's his name? Uh, Belloc? Like, nobody thought that dude gave a good performance? No. I mean, he did give a good performance. He was a good bad guy, but, I, yeah. like, his his performance isn't necessarily a standout performance. Okay. Short of the bug on his lip, like, that was the thing that really, <laughs> the f- you know, that, that that's what put him into the stratosphere, but uh, other than that, no. Where does that bug go? It just flies off his lip. Oh, I didn't know if he ate it. <laughs> isn't that the first scene of the movie? No, that's like in the late. That's when he's got the bazooka out, and he's yeah. about to like shoot it with the bazooka, oh. and then he's giving like a little dialogue there. For some reason, I thought it was when he was uh, when he's he takes the the fertility idol from him. Mm. No. All right. So who did the most of the least? So we have Sala, Brody, and if and I may, tote. I agree that it's Sala, 
but there's the um, the captain of the ship oh, yeah. at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. of the Bantu Wind, I think it's called. I forget what the character's name is, but that's the name of the ship because that came up somewhere along the line of my life. But he's got a great little moment, and he does a lot with very little because he's a fairly memorable guy. I just can't tell you what the hell his name is. Captain Katanga. Oh, there you there go. All right. He's a fucking pirate that wants to sell Marion for whatever he's going to sell her for as he's sniffing her hair like a real fucking creep. (laughs) All right, I'm going to say Sala, followed very closely by Ronald Lacey as Tote, Tot, that hoe over there, whatever you want to say. But I'm going to say Sala. I think he's he's, just the most of the least. Tyler? I'm going with Jock, man, but I love Sala. (laughs) Tyler, why do you know what Tot means? Uh, Twitter, because I'd seen it, and like, what, you know, I'd seen it, so I know Google, you know? Yeah, I know. Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. All right, so let's go through uh, some of the the casting, like, almosts. Who was almost cast in this movie? So Tom Selleck, obviously famously cast as Indiana Jones. Did they, I, I found conflicting reports. Did they actually start filming this movie with him? No. He never made it that far. Okay, because I saw that someone, I saw someone wrote on the internet that they filmed for, like, a week before I know that you can see screen tests of him. Mm. Yeah. But a, a, no, there was a, um, well, it's two things. I think the, the, the producers of Magnum and the producers on this, I forget who, I forget if it was Frank Marshall or not. It was. We're having a conversation. Was it yeah. Frank Marshall? Yeah. I think they were speaking and they're like, oh, well, yeah, no. Oh, we got Tom Selleck for this movie. And like, no, you can't have Tom Selleck. We have Tom Selleck for freaking Magnum. Right. Um, but Mag, there was an episode of Magnum that they actually put him in the Indiana Jones outfit for. Mm-hmm. And there's like, and he does like an Indiana Jones esque episode as like homage to Raiders. Right. Does this movie work if Harrison Ford's not in it? I mean, nineteen early eighties Tom Selleck, Magnum PI Tom Selleck was pretty fucking cool. But does he have um, the same? I mean, there's a little bit for for Harrison Ford. He does. He pulls off the professor, and he pulls off the action star. Does Tom yeah. Selleck do that? Tom Selleck think, seems like a big man in stature. You know, he's got the hair at that time kind of longer. Yeah. He's got the mustache. Obviously, I don't know if they change that for the character or if he if he still goes with that. I don't know visually if I can see him as, like, the professor. Yeah, that that's a bigger stretch. But I think the movie would work with him, probably. It wouldn't be the movie it is, mm-hmm. certainly. But uh, I bet it would have ended up being a pretty good action movie. Okay. As a giant nerd who's actually watched the Magnum episode, I could tell you wholeheartedly... It would have been a totally different movie. I don't think it would have had nearly the impact it did. Okay. He just doesn't look right. Like Indiana Jones with a mustache looks ridiculous. And Magnum was not shaving that mustache in like early yeah. 80s. So uh, he would have definitely had it. Okay. And apparently, I mean, everybody's read the story. Lucas originally didn't want for it. Didn't Ford come in and do some reading for it? Like helping some of the other actresses read for it, I thought I read. But he didn't want Ford specifically because he didn't want him to become uh, like Bobby De Niro to Martin yep. Scorsese. Which yeah, I, I mean, pump thing. your brakes, George Lucas. You're not Martin. You're not Martin Scorsese. And I love Harrison Ford, but Harrison Ford's not Robert De Niro. So like, just pump your brakes a little bit. Yeah. And then obviously for for Marion, um, Sean Young was auditioned, and then Deborah Winger, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And then my favorite of all of them, and I don't know if it's true. This is what I read. Sala was originally offered to Danny DeVito. Oh my. <laughs> All of these are awful. <laughs> awful. I might be in Deborah, for Danny DeVito. 
Oh, Deborah Winger gives me like the heebie-jeebies, <laughs> and Danny DeVito does not fit the charm of Sala. That like again, it would almost look like a joke. Whereas John Rice Davies is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a presence there. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. So Ooh. since since we're talking about like almost casting, you know, could be's right. What ifs? So inevitably, they're going to reboot Indiana Jones. It's just going to happen. Tyler, you've made it. It's well documented in, I think, a couple podcasts, actually, where you've said you won't watch this and Hollywood has no creativity, which I do not disagree with you. I might see it depending on who they cast, um, but it's it's more than likely it's not going to be good. Rob, would you see it if they if they rebooted it with somebody else? Yeah, I mean, I'm a gerbil. I'll go see any of these movies. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay. So it's like, yeah, and, and you're right. It's inevitable that it's going to happen. And um, if we're kind of diving into this thing, um, I think you're going to say, well, the most obvious choice. Doing, all right. So why don't you say who the most obvious choice is? And I'll tell you who is the most obvious choice. In well, my head. everybody that I've read, everything that I've read is said Chris Pratt would be the obvious. Right. And I will fucking, I 100% will not see this movie if, if Chris Pratt plays. Chris, Chris Pratt's the wrong guy yeah. for this role. Chris, and, and he's the wrong guy for a lot of roles. He's, he, Chris Pratt plays Chris Pratt. I don't have a problem with Chris Pratt, but I don't think he's a great actor. No. Harris, again, Indiana Jones needs to be able to pull off like the, the scholar. And the action yep. hero yeah. mm-hmm. has to be believable. There's nothing about Chris Pratt that screams scholar. And there's barely anything that screams screams action hero. I mean, he yeah. just plays the same character almost in every movie. So I have two that I just jotted down. If I, if it has to happen, who I'd want to see. One of them, Tyler's going to be like, nope, not interested. So one of them would be Gosling. I think Ryan Gosling could potentially pull it off. Yeah. He had his shot. For some reason, I think he's a little small in stature maybe. The other one, go ahead, Tyler. I think he's a bigger guy, isn't he? Anyway, he might be. I think again with Blade Runner. I think I could from from Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I really enjoyed. I don't know if anybody else mm-hmm. actually did. I can kind of see him moving into that role a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think John Krasinski could do it. I've, I've I'm so entrenched in the Office and John Krasinski as Jim Halpert that I can't like the the uh, Jack Ryan. Amazon series mm-hmm. that's that's out now, which was good. I just um, I have a hard time. I can't fully buy into him as okay. somebody other than Jim Halpert. But those are those are decent options. Who, who who's in your head, Rob? The uh, you're gonna hate this, but I think it if you really if we dialed it in, I think it would work. Is uh, Chris Hemsworth? No. And just stay with me for a minute, because I think there's a lot of charm that needs to be associated with. Indiana Jones and a lot of unspoken charm that needs to be associated with it. And Chris Pratt, you have to like Chris Pratt is, as you said, he always plays the same guy and the guy in Parks and Rec and the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the same freaking character. But I think Hemsworth has a he doesn't have a huge dynamic range, but I think he's a little bit better suited for the role. So I would be all in on that one. It's so funny that you mentioned that because Chris Hemsworth, Hollywood needs to stop trying to make Chris Hemsworth a an actual actor. Chris Hemsworth just plays Chris Hemsworth. The Thor. You said that about Chris Evans and Chris Pine. I think you have an issue with Chris's and Chris Pratt. Uh, so Chris, so Chris Pine, I think is an actual decent actor. I think that Hollywood is trying to make him into like a leading man, and I don't sure. know that he has like those kind of chops. But I think he can be like a good character actor. Hell or High Water, he was fantastic in. He was good in the Wonder Woman movies. Obviously, he's he's good as Captain Kirk. Um, he was in, what's that movie, Smoke and Aces, which is not a good movie, but his character was very interesting in that movie. So I think he has the most range of all of them. Chris Hemsworth literally plays like 
big over the top Thor Australian. And now they're trying to make him into like some comedic person. Like you look at the trailer for men in black, the new men in black. He's that character again. Yeah. There's zero chance. I see him as, as Indiana Jones. Like I'd rather see Chris Pratt as, as him as Indy. All right. I it's it, like I said, it's, you know, from what I know of that actor and it like it pains me to give somebody who's not an American a and not being like I'm wearing MAGA hats, but it's like it's the same thing with like Superman. Like, I feel like that should be a genuinely American actor that plays the yeah. role. No against no, you know, nothing against Henry Cavill, but same thing with Indiana Jones. I would really like an American to be him, but I don't know if we necessarily have anybody out there right now. Other than that, um, in my humble opinion, that would actually pull that one off. But so. I mean, isn't the point of being an actor is that you can play, you can be British and play an American? Like, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. I've read some places that Army Hammer people have said like he could be Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. Rob is like, nah, I'm not into that. I'm very unimpressed with Army Hammer in anything the man does. Yeah, but and I know Rob. But, oh, yeah. Name me three movies you've watched that he's done. Uh, and one of them is going to be the fucking Lone Ranger. So yes, got it. check. I did not see Social Network, got so it. you could pull that one off. Um, call me by your name. Yeah, call me by your name, which he should have got nominated for an Academy Award for. Oh, did not see that. Okay, was he in John Carter? I no, I, that was that was Taylor Kitsch. Night Lights guy. No, I thought he played like Isn't a that Taylor Kitsch. Role in that thing. I don't yeah, know what the fuck it is. Did you see yeah. the Man from yeah. Uncle? I love that movie. Oh, that was also with Henry Cavill with Superman. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. fine in sure. that movie. It's, it's an enjoyable, surprising action movie. Me. Okay. <laughs> I think you're casting <laughs> dispersions on him without actually seeing anything he's been in. I mean, that's absolutely true. I do that shit all the time. But I just like, right. I, I, I hear his name and I'm very like, meh. Social network he's fantastic in. Sure. You know what stops me on social network, which you're going to hate? It's Jesse Eisenberg. That's fine. But social network might be... One of the, it might be the best movie in the 2000s. It's up there. Wow. You know, the, the desire to watch it is there. Like, I feel like I need to watch it. It just never, like, the moment never presents. Do you not like David Fincher? No, I like David Fincher quite a bit. It just, it's, it's something about it. I don't know why. I just never, like, commit to actually watching it. I have no good reason. It has also one of the best scores, I think, in modern that's not done by John Williams or Danny Elfman. Has one of the sure. best scores that's been done in a long, long time. Is it Trent How about by Trent Reznor? How about? How about Jamie Lannister as Indiana Jones? It's a little too old, I think. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah, Nikolai but, is, is a little old. He's been good in stuff. There's a movie called Shot Caller where he goes to prison, which was yeah. like a very small movie. Um, might even have been like an indie movie. He, it's He's really good in that. And you wouldn't want to hear Ewan McGregor as Indiana Jones. Again, I think Ewan McGregor is too old for that. Like, if you're going to reboot it, aren't you going to go with someone who's not 82? You're going to go, yeah, but you're going to still need somebody. He's not 82. No, but you, you see but what you're I'm gonna saying. But you're going to need somebody in their 30s, and you're right. And you uh, and McGregor, it's probably well into his 50s by now. I don't know. I'm really stuck on the John Krasinski. I know that sounds ridiculous, and it could just be because I like Quiet Place so much. I did like the Jack mm-hmm. Ryan show. Um, I, I, I don't mind the uh, the 13 Hours, I think, the Benghazi yeah. uh, movie he's in. I thought he did fine as like an action star. So I just think he has that that he can be charming, kind of like the guy next door, believable as a professor, but also an action hero. But I could be completely wrong. Yeah, good debate. All right, I think we need we we need a no name on that one if we're going to really. <clears throat> I mean, I say we just don't need to reboot it. 
I think that yeah, that's step one. Don't reboot it. Step two, get a new name. Uh, no name. Step three, don't use Leonardo DiCaprio. To be fair, well, Leonardo DiCaprio's not going to do it. Also too old. But to be fair, they got a no name for for Star Wars. How'd that work out? How'd Hayden? How'd Hayden do? He wasn't an unknown. He was in a uh, after school special. He was in a movie called Glass House. <laughs> and he was in shit. He was in a movie. He wasn't shit about heroin addiction. Yes. Um, yes. He lost was. in a purple haze. Yes, he was. So how did that work out? It was awful. All right. I can't back that one up. Are you kidding? All right. Let's move on to the next category. Yes? Sure. So I have, does this still hold up? Obviously, you know, you watch it now. It doesn't really work. I only really have one thing, and it's the actual special effects, not the practical effects. I'm glad I'm glad Rob just put his Indiana Jones hat on, <laughs> and all I can see is, like, the silhouette of him. Yeah. So the special effects, specifically the storm in Cairo, when they're digging for the, uh, the Well of Souls, it's pretty terrible. And it then, looks like Flash Gordon. <laughs> it's terrible. And then when they're when they're also uh, the ending when they're opening up the Ark of the Covenant, for as good as the practical effects are, the actual special effects are rough. But again, it's eighty one. Like, what do you expect? You know. Yeah. Tyler, do you have anything you want to add for this? Um. That's really it. You know, I, I'm I'm along those same lines. <clears throat> I mentioned before I, I had some trouble with the fighting scenes. Sure. Uh, but that's like early 80s fighting scenes in, in some ways. They don't script and choreograph fight scenes the way they do in The Matrix and ev- everything else. So um, that's revisionist history. In the moment, in, in, in the era that it was made in, um, they, were, they were great. So I don't really have any complaints about things not working. Uh, off to- I love. Real quick, off topic. If I may. Off sure. topic. You mentioned the Matrix. Did either one of you see an article where they said they're making a fourth Matrix? No. Mm-mm. Train wreck. Sorry, Rob. Go ahead. Are they making a fourth Matrix? That's the rumor. the The guy oh. who is the director of John Wick, who originally was the reason he got this job or became friends with Keanu Reeves, is yeah. he was Keanu Reeves' stunt double in the yeah. ma- original Matrix movie. Um, and he said recently that they're it's in development. They're talking about it, which I don't understand how that would work. No, the but. the ageless Keanu Reeves is starting to age a little bit. In John Wick Three, he's looking he's looking a little ragged. Well, I mean, um, Neo dies in in <clears throat> Matrix Three, so I don't know that they would bring him back. And you you shut your mouth about John Wick. Sorry, buddy. Um, shit. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So the 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 movie has Poltergeist level um, special effects. I think it's like a Poltergeist and Ghostbusters and Flash Gordon level special yeah. effects, right. which are all charming. But one of my favorite special effects scene any movie ever is um, Thoughts Melting Face. Yes. And I think special recognition needs to kind of be brought that way. As silly as it looks, and it totally does, especially now, but it's so much fun to watch that thing. And then the other guy, the, he's got kind of like the German guy, is like his head's about to explode. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. I'm not, look, I'm not saying it's not enjoyable. It's enjoyable. I'm just saying it doesn't, it's a rough special effects moment. His face yeah, melting rough. is amazing. <laughs> All right. So then. I, I'm glad you just posted my picture in my Indiana Jones hat, you prick. No problem. <laughs> so this this still holds up. So things that still work today. The performances, I think, again, everybody for the most part gives a performance that is you could still have today in this movie because it is almost a period piece, obviously set in set in place in the 30s. You don't have to to worry about the technology or anything like that. The sense of adventure, again, I think that, mm-hmm. like you said, Tyler, the first scene of this movie sets the pace, sets the tone right mm-hmm. off the bat. That still works today. I wish some other movies would come out like that and not just be 
you know, take 30 minutes to get into the story. Right. And then I think the bigger thing is the score. Is there a better score ever in any movie than this? So I wrote down some, but Tyler, do you think that there's a better score in any other movie besides this? It's hard to say something's better than Star Wars. Um, and then I know obviously both John Williams. Yep. I can't I can't pick one over the other. Um, so here's the ones I wrote that that Williams did specifically. And I'm I'm a big fan of movie scores. They're they play they're playing all the time at my house in my car. So Jurassic Park is up there for me, start to finish. A New Hope specifically, I think is is very strong. Raiders, obviously very strong. E.T. I think people forget about how great that is. Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. I know Rob's never seen it. Also done by John Williams is amazing. And then obviously Jaws. Rob, what do you think? I know you're a big John Williams fan. I am. I'm a huge John Williams fan, and I, I, it, I go back and forth between, like Star Wars is an important theme, obviously, but it's Star Wars theme. I think Star Wars movie, like the, I'm, I'm encompassed by the whole film. Sure. Mm. Um, but with the Raiders theme, it's Indiana Jones. Like that, you hear that, and you, you visualize him. Yeah. And that's one of, in my opinion, two. John Williams themes that when you hear the music, you associate one character, the other one being Superman. So if you hear the John Williams Superman theme, you go right to Superman and whatever you're doing, you're, you know, you're flying around. Then I, I can't boost the only the Raiders theme is stuck in my head. But it's like if you hear that, you're flying. And if you hear the Raiders thing, you're like, you know, cracking the weapon, wearing the hat. So I think those are why those two sound, two uh, scores are more important. They're directly linked to a character. So if we're talking about Themes specifically, I understand what you're saying. You have the Imperial yep. March, obviously. You know yeah. that's Vader's type oh, theme. Yep. You have the the theme for Star Wars, where the the opening um, credit crawl is going. Yep. Uh, those are I understand. So also also like the Jurassic Park theme, but I'm talking about start to finish, like the score of the movie. So Star Wars oh, for see. me has more iconic moments, I think. Yeah. But I think that there are other movies, other scores that are better, like if you want to listen to start to finish and played the mood of the scene better. Star Wars, Jaws, those have very iconic, specific moments. I mean, dun, 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 dun. Like that's the Jaws he theme. You did not is, do that justice. Good God. I, that was that's horrible. true. Thank dun, you, buddy. Dun, dun, dun. He just said the same note over and over again. <laughs> right. how, dun, how, dun. how does it go, Rob? Dun, 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 dun. I guess it is the same thing. But you have to do the dun, dun, dun before yeah, got all it. that. Yes. Maybe I'll just edit in the theme so everybody can hear it. Anyways, um, I think this is up there for for me. Oh, I'm, I'm giving you gold here. I'm sorry, what sorry. the fuck was that? That was the Jaws theme I was giving you to in the background, which, by the way, we have to talk about when we're actually doing the – slightly off topic because my kid is asking, hey, when's Anthony and I going to do the uh, the Jaws? Fourth of so July, like, man. You know, it's coming out on Fourth of July. That's what I saw on the schedule. I told him that. So, so just, in, you know, into June at some point. All right. Does he does he listen? He, no, he he listens for like his name. So like the ones that yeah. he's like popped in, like he just kind of wandered into the room and he just kind of comes in and waves. Yeah. Like those are his favorite things. <laughs> but um, he has been asking about Jaws for like months, and I'm like, we'll get there, we'll get there. I promise. Yep. He's like, all right, just let me know. I'm all ready. I'm gonna watch every single one. I'll be ready to go. So <laughs> he he was on uh, the Batman '89 pod for I remember, yeah. a second. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> all right, so let's go to the next category. Yes. Would this movie be better if Gary Oldman was in it? And if so, who would he play? I have one person, and it's Belloc. Mm-hmm. Tyler, I know you hate this question. 
I don't hate the question for movies that where Gary Oldman makes sense. You asked first, like with The Sandlot or something else crazy. Christmas Vacation. Uh, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, even worse. Did you do that for Goonies? Yes. Yes. There's a Gary Oldman in Goonies. Yeah, he would work in Goonies. Goonies and, and yeah. that podcast. And don't tell me what it is because I don't want to screw up yes, your okay. Goonies thing. Got it. Well, that podcast will actually be coming out before this podcast. So, oh, good. Talking to you in the future. Anyways, <laughs> I think I think Belloc is perfect for Gary Oldman. He would kill that performance. Agreed. He'd be great. Right. Yeah. Rob. Yeah, it's Belloc. I, if I got to put him in one spot, it would be there. He would be. He doesn't have enough of a chin for um, Indiana Jones. No offense, no, to Gary Oldman. No. And he's Sala. I feel like again, you need this kind of big burly guy to be Sala. That's the only way I kind of visualize him. But Belloc kind of being like Gary Oldman would have done a better job than Paul Freeman. You know, I I think I think he would have been a little bit more menacing, a little bit better of a foil for uh, for Harrison Ford. So and even in like that age of like where however old Gary Oldman was. I think he would fit that actually very well. Fair enough. Yeah, I think for Sala, you have to have that voice almost. Like John Reese davies yeah. has such a – I mean, he's tree beard, right? He has yeah. that voice. So, all right, I'm with you. So my favorite category of the podcast, most memorable line, I have a handful I here. Oh, I yeah. know you guys will have some, I, I hope, as well. Sure. So we have, again, we see there is nothing you can possess that I cannot take away. So mm-hmm. that's Bellic. Snakes, why do they have to be snakes? Indy, um, you want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. So obviously that's Indy. I love that mm-hmm. scene so much. Um, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> I love that as well. Um, I know this will be Damien's favorite. It's not the years. It's the mileage. Shit, that's so mine. That was my favorite one. <laughs> Screw you, Damien. <laughs> but my favorite line of the whole movie is... You and I are very much alike. Archaeology is our religion, yet we have both fallen from the pure faith. Our methods have not differed as much as you pretend. I am a shadowy reflection of you. It will take only a nudge to make you like me, to push you out of the light. Now you're getting nasty. So obviously it's the long, the long um, I don't know, couple sentences that Belloc tells Indy how they're actually alike. So, Rob, what's going on with the silhouette over there, man? What am I doing? I, we only see your back of your bald head and the microphone. It looks like a penis in your mouth. <laughs> I, I'm trying. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm trying to write like you want, like because you took my lines, so I'm like writing down new lines. All right. And I'm sorry that the lighting in my um, Google Hangouts isn't fantastic. There's, <laughs> You're good. There, I'll put on some more lights so you can see me better. <laughs> All right. Tyler, what's uh, what do you got? Um. I'm going to go with uh, Sala, where he says, why does the floor move? And then a moment thereafter, he says, asps, very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> and then doesn't he tell him, like, I told you you'd be okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, as he's, like, face-to-face with a fucking viper? Right. <laughs> yeah, all that's right. great. Rob, what do you got? Um. All right. So my my favorite line is not the it's the it's it's not the years it's the mileage and I use that like almost on a daily basis. So like <laughs> I'm angry that you stole that one. Um. The other one <laughs> is I got a whole shitload of them. So don't get don't get too worried. You're good. Um. So in a great moment of like you know he Indy just kind of sees Marion blow up. And Sala comes in and he's like, hey, did you hear about Sala? And he said, I did. But, you know, life goes on, Indy. And like, that's an important piece to this whole thing. It's like we can move on beyond that. 
like almost instantaneously. And it's mm-hmm. sure you could hear it in the performance and the sounds of his voice that it's like it comes from a place in the heart. But the sentiment is so important. Like life goes on, Indy. So anyway, so that was one of them. Okay. Um, there's a delivery from Karen Allen in the line, uh, see you tomorrow, Indiana Jones, that I always love because she has him like she doesn't give him the, the what do you call it, the medallion right away. She wants to give him to him the next day for whatever reason. Um, so that's a great line. See you tomorrow, Indiana Jones. Um, another one from her is um, when thought comes in. <laughs> And says, uh, you know, of course, you know, he must have mentioned that other parties would be interested, something to that effect. And she's got the cigarette in her mouth and she's like, I must have slipped his mind, which I just <laughs> think is a great line. Um, I can only say I'm sorry so many times. I, a lot of these lines are like from that bar scene, but whatever. But the best is I can um, only say sorry so many times and she says we'll say it again. Yeah. Yeah, and I and that's a great thing because it's like how, what what more do we need to kind of get beyond this? And it's like beyond reason. So it's like just say it again and maybe it'll be okay. Yeah, by by all accounts like her life has stopped. Sure. Like everything yeah. around her has stopped because of whatever he did to her. And so she's just now she's in fucking DePaul slinging drinks. And like nice. that's it. Like her life in has not moved on. In some creepy way. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Makes it all weird. Um, so her and uh, Belloc are drinking whatever it is that they're drinking, some clear liquid. House label. Isn't that what he says? Oh, yeah. He said, I grew... The line that I like is, I grew up on this stuff as they're sitting there hysterically laughing, which I always love. But doesn't he say um, something about, like, it's our, it's my house label or something like that? Yeah, it's like, I... Like, grew... Something with, like, the vineyard or something yeah. with it. It was, like, some sort of that. Yeah. But whatever. Um, and then the last <laughs> one is... I, I think an important piece of all Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is that ending scene um, that they open the Ark and he starts screaming out to her, keep your eyes shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember that as a kid because that was a cue for me because, you know, <laughs> just like Indy is going to see it for um, for Tyler, um, you know, that's a pretty gruesome part of the movie. Mm-hmm. So when you hear, you know, keep your eyes shut, we kind of knew to either turn our head away or like leave the room. Right. Until, you know, somebody else called us in because that scene we weren't, you know, at that time allowed to actually watch. Yeah. So that it's always kind of been a, a, a line that stuck out of my head. So that's 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 my run. All right. PG rated movie. Only yeah. PG. All right. So my favorite I think my favorite line is the one that I can't say. Uh, so it's the yeah. it's the whole, you know, paragraph between Belloc and, and Indy in the in the uh, the Cairo I don't know bar or the hookah lounge, as Rob would say. Yeah. Tyler, is your favorite the uh, snakes or, or why is the yeah. floor move? Yeah, that was that stands out the most to me. That's it. And then Rob, he gave a hundred, so I don't know what what was your favorite, Rob? <laughs> of that bunch, um, or just of the movie in general? Something it could have been something I said. I'm assuming it's the not the. It's not the years. It's the mileage. Perfect. That one followed immediately by Life Goes On, Indy. All right, Samwise Gamgee Award for biggest wet blanket. <laughs> I got nobody in this movie. Yeah, nobody nobody fits that role. No, I was gonna say I was gonna say Marion a little bit, but she's actually down to go like wherever. She's his partner. Yeah, right. I'm your goddamn partner. <laughs> what do you wish there was more of in the movie? I have two. I need a little well, bit. Well, wait, no, wait. There is a wet Whoa. blanket. Let's not glaze over that thing. You know, there's an important piece of this. I asked. You said sure, nothing. I w- because you didn't ask me specifically, so I didn't want to kind of jump in and be a jerk about it. Oh, um, huh. th- there's the, the there's a little conversation he's having with um, um, uh, what's his face Brody. 
Brody, thank you. Um, that he started kind of kind of going into it and making him sound, you know, it's nothing like we've gone after before and, you know, things that just kind of feeling like he's a little nervous. Um, and I mean, he is certainly encouraging him to go, but if we got to throw a wet blanket in there, it's the line that Indiana actually throws back at him. It's like, you sound like my mother. So I think Indiana Jones's mother is the wet blanket in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fair enough. Uncredited, unnamed. Out of left field. Yeah, right. right. Mrs. Jones. The best, though, is the line that he says, you know how careful I am, or something. He says right. something of that nature as he's throwing the revolver into the <laughs> into the fucking suitcase. Suitcase, yeah. All right, so what do you wish there was more of in this movie? I got two things. I need a little bit more Captain Katanga. Just a little. Because yep. awesome. Captain Katanga has seen some shit. Yeah, he has. He's got fucking negligee. He's got, like, <laughs> he's got women's garments. And Karen Allen, Marion's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's had other women on here. You think? Oh, yeah. You see that guy's sweater? <laughs> Anyways. And then I want to know what happened after Indy and Marion returned. Because they get back. Obviously, they have little Shia LaBeouf, little mutt, eventually. Oh. Like, I want to see what happens. Just a little bit. I don't. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Tyler, do you wish there was something else that – Which do you wish there was something more in this movie? Hmm. I wish – I love Marcus Brody – <clears throat> in Crusade, and he's obviously got a very minor role here. I kind of wish that he'd be in it a little bit more. He helps drive the plot a lot in Crusade. Um, I don't know what you would sacrifice, or if it might have been an unnecessary addition if you expand his role, but I like Marcus Brody. I'd like to see him. The only thing about him in Crusade, Crusade, or uh, yeah, Crusade's a little bit more of a slapsticky movie. It is a bit. Than this and he, is, and he fits that more. He does. I don't know. I get you, Rob. He's got great scenes in that movie. He does. Um, <clears throat> you know the scene that I've always kind of like fantasized about, fantasized is a weird mm. word, but like thought about <laughs> mm-hmm. is um, following the, the, the opening of the arc um, and they're just kind of left standing there. They're literally the only two people left on the island. Um, okay. How the fuck do they get off the island? <laughs> so like how do they collect the arc? How do they, you know, navigate the freaking submarine? Like how do they call for help? So – and it, in in a storyline sense, it's stupid to put any of those things in. You just don't need to know all that stuff. Yeah. But it's always been a thought of just like, oh, shit, what do they actually do now? <laughs> so that would be my – I want a little bit more of so you, either that or Alfred Molina. You want to know how they got yes. off the island, yeah. which I think is a reasonable question that I've never yeah. thought about. <laughs> just never yeah. thought. You I'm glad I could throw new shit your way. I, I got to think like Sala somehow like helps them. Yeah, but Solid he's got to get a hold of Sala. I'm sure Sala would, but you got, how do you get a hold of him? I They're mean, in the middle Sala of seems like he's he's got a uh, – Sala's a little bit like a Red from, from Shawshank in terms of, like, information. Red, <laughs> he's a guy who knows how to get yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. the guy who – he's, like, well-connected. <laughs> so I got to imagine Sala's, like, the Cairo underground. He's He's got his – Got the pulse well, I that. wonder if the Bantu wind actually kind of swung around and yeah. picked those guys up. You think Captain Katanga knew? He's just there? Yeah, I think that the un- untold story of Captain Katanga. Do you think Sala is vibing on Marion? Because no. he, he gives her the kiss, or she gives him the kiss, and he's She gives pumped. him the kiss. Pumped. Yeah. Like no, was- I think Sala is... Because do you ever look at his wife... <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Hi. Is Sala ready to I'm going to be shitty asshole right now. Yeah. You ever look at his wife and you feel like like they have eight kids together. And hopefully <laughs> the, like, the wife, it looks like she's about 80 years old. 
And I just can't imagine Sala is reproducing with this particular person. This sounds Man. so shitty and so shallow. And I'm, I, I feel horrible <laughs> saying it. But it just, it's like they didn't cast Sala's wife with a lot of thought. Like I would imagine he would end up with a very exotic and younger kind of Whoa. woman. And they kind of give her, you know, just kind of this old lady status. Maybe. Um, Maybe the line, it's not the years, it's the miles, applies to Sala's wife. She's the Definitely. one, you know, taking on the child-rearing duties. She's worn down, man. Thank you, Tyler. This is I was Sala saying some shit. She's, yeah. she's had eight children. Yeah. Eight. <laughs> and she's living in, like, a third-world country. It's probably, so anyway, it's probably been kind of ba- rough. So based on the misery of Sala with his <laughs> wife, I think any sort of affection from any other type of young woman would have yes. been uh, most welcome. But okay. he, as an honorable man, which I assume he is, um, you know, that was just kind of like a nice little moment for him. Okay, so we're going to move out of this. Uh, I'm going to move away from that question as quickly as possible. <laughs> Whose movie? I don't mean to be shitty and shallow. That's just kind of what I'm taking away from. I got you. Whose movie is this? I'll put my silhouette back on. So whose movie is this? So for me, it's it's two different, two different people or two different uh, uh, teams of people. Spielberg and Lucas, I think this is their movie, or it's Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, obviously, because it's Indiana Jones. But what do you, when you think of Steven Spielberg, what movies do you think of? Like, what's the Tyler? What's the first movie that comes to your mind? Um, honestly, like Saving Private Ryan. Really? Yeah, I I, I don't I mean. He's done so many classic, impeccable movies that if you asked me that question two minutes from now, I'd probably say Jurassic Park or you know, anything else. So okay, I don't know. It just came to mind in this moment. But I, to answer the question, this is Indiana Jones. This is Harrison Ford's movie. Indiana Jones's movie. But see, I think you could say the same thing for Indiana for Harrison Ford. Like, is this the first thing you think of, or do you think of Han Solo? I think of this. You do. Okay. See, I definitely when I think of Steven Spielberg, I certainly don't think of. Saving Private Ryan. I don't know if I think of this, E.T., Jaws. I honestly think of, I probably think of Jaws before anything else. Hmm. But okay, fair enough. Rob? Yeah, I'm with you. I go right to uh, E.T., I go right to Jaws. It's it's funny because it, if I, who whose movie is this Harrison Ford's movie? Like, I think that's okay. 100%. <clears throat> followed briskly by John Williams. Mm. Um, I, hmm. I don't associate Spielberg with this movie and I know that's a ridiculous statement I just don't same thing with Lucas you kind of almost forget that these guys are so involved in this thing um, just because it, ju- it doesn't feel like their fingerprint is in there right. whereas like even Close Encounters of the Third Kind or Saving Private Ryan or like Bridge of Spies or, or you know name your Spielberg movie there are those Spielbergian moments mm-hmm. But any of these movies, as a matter of fact, Temple of Doom is Spielberg and Last Crusade is Spielberg. And it, I just don't think of him when I think about these movies, I, which is too bad because <clears throat> Anthony got me a Spielberg autograph <clears throat> on a Raiders photograph, which is great. Oh, wow. It's hanging up on the wall. I got to ask you a question, man. You've mentioned <clears throat> Bridge of Spies multiple times when we've talked on this yeah. podcast. What the fuck sure. is with you in that movie? I don't know that. Like, I really love that movie. That was like a, a a big deal movie. I can't even give you a good reason why. I just thought it was really good and engaging storytelling. That, you know, and I think Munich's a great movie too. But I enjoyed Bridge of Spies a little bit more. I don't know why. That paragraph. That paragraph you just said about Bridge of Spies. Nobody else has ever said in their whole entire life. I know. <laughs> it's it's a good movie. It was really it, it was is. a it was a really good movie. I think Mark Rylance gives a phenomenal performance. One of the best performances in a long time in my opinion 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a great movie. It's good. It's good, no it. doubt. But when I've mentioned Tom Hanks or I've know. mentioned Spielberg, he's brought this up for both of them, and I can't wrap my head around it. I, I it, it must be because it's the more recent Spielberg, Tom Hanks movie I have seen. <laughs> So maybe that's why it True. keeps coming up. And I've seen that movie more times than I've seen Private Ryan because Private Ryan like depresses the shit out of me. So yeah. there's only so much you can watch of it. Fair enough. No, I get it. But um, And then I certainly haven't seen that freaking Leo movie with those two guys. So it's like I can't bring that one up. You haven't seen Catch Me If You Can? Jesus Christ. No, I have not oh, seen Catch fuck. Me If You Can. You shit that's all good. over that movie like five podcasts ago. Did I? Yet not ever having seen it. Not having seen it, it's a stretch. Like, I'm familiar with the movie. I've never sat down with, like, a popcorn and a soda and, like, experienced Rob, that movie. it's a simple but question. Have, You've watched it or no. you haven't watched it? <laughs> I've seen pieces of it. How's that? I have not so you haven't fully it. engaged in watching it. I've fully engaged in many Leo movies in my life. You know, that is not one of them. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tyler, I'm assuming, is going to feel the same way I do based on the reaction Catch Me If You Can is a good movie. It's a phenomenal movie. It's yeah. it's great. It's it's for me. It's one of DiCaprio's best performances. Tom Hanks is great in it. Jennifer Garner and like her little everybody who's supporting in that movie is great. Christopher Walken's great in it. Mm-hmm. It's as long as you can get by Tom Hanks' sketchy accent occasionally. Yeah. it's pretty fantastic. I couldn't even told you Christopher Walken is in that movie. Christopher, and I am a huge Christopher Walken fan. That's how like removed from that movie. Christopher I am. Walken is DiCaprio's dad, and he's actually pretty yeah. good in it because he's like he was also Joe Dirt's dad with uh, David Spade. He, so, he yeah. definitely wasn't Joe Dirt's dad. Oh no, he shit. He wasn't. He was the uh, custodian. He was oh, the yeah. janitor. If you say it again, I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. Uh, <laughs> is your mama so? Yeah. <laughs> so that you're talking to my man wrong. It's the wrong tone. Christopher Walken awesome. is great in Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's the last question I ask every podcast. Unless you gentlemen have anything else you want to add, we're we're going long here. We're at an hour forty. That's what you're saying. Like I'm so paranoid about the time. I don't want to add anything special. You're paranoid about the time today, and it's- shit. Yeah, I have the clock sitting right in front of me since we started this thing because you yelled at me and told me it has to be less than an hour and a half. So like right now, you're going long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so shocked that you've been paranoid because you've been talking about a bunch of random shit. <laughs> I'm just adding in my little kind of flair on this stuff, but it's like I'm trying to like dial it back. This is dialing it back? <laughs> hey, man, we're having a good time. Let's just, it's, I, it's, it's a great time. I finished the – well, I'm on the third beer, so I, I've kind of like <laughs> – Where's your hat? I've, I've stopped caring. My hat's over here. You didn't ask me about the beer today. Rob, what beer are you drinking today? I'm drinking Mosa, which is a um, – Hoppy Pale Ale from a New York um, uh, brewery called Equilibrium, which is actually one of the top 20 breweries in the country. No big deal. Wow. You get paid by beer companies to be on this podcast? I don't. I don't. But like, what's cool is I work with the brewer's wife, um, and she's a good friend of mine, and he's a good friend of mine. And every once in a while, like, they over can, and like, I get to get the extra cans. Man. So I've got man. a couple extra cans this weekend. Awesome. Yeah. It's cool. It's good to know people. It's good to know people. Tyler, is there anything else yes. you want to talk about before we sign off here? Ask the last question. Um, one thing in reading the script or the the transcript of the early discussions in 1978 between Lucas Spielberg and Kasdan was uh, when they're talking about the boulder and designing the practice, that, that effect. Spielberg says the piece should be like a real horror ride. What we're doing here is designing a ride at Disneyland, hmm. which is interesting because 15 years later or so, that ride 
debuted and it's a fucking awesome ride. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he actually took that also took that concept of that scene from an earlier either comic or short story or TV yeah. special something. He took that specifically that boulder scene from something else. Yeah, they mention uh, the influences for the story, and um, yeah, that's mentioned in there. I forget all the details, yeah, but you're right. It's a lot of the same influences that influenced uh, Lucas on Star Wars. A lot of the same mm-hmm. things that he was reading influenced both stories. Because I think he was yeah. writing these simultaneously almost. Yeah. Okay. He was writing it as – how I know the story of him writing Raiders is – they, Star Wars had literally come out that weekend, and I think they were, I want to say it's Hawaii, it may not have been Hawaii, it's some sort of like, they were on some sort of beach on an island somewhere, and as he was kind of waiting for the returns on Star Wars, he was writing Raiders, Yeah, oh, and wow. he was with Spielberg at the time. Yeah, because they were developing both Empire and Raiders at the same time, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why he didn't direct Empire, or one of the uh, reasons. And that was a question actually I wanted to ask and I forgot to ask is, so thank you, Rob, even though we're going long. Sure. <laughs> is this movie as good if Lucas directs it? And for me, it's 100% no. 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 Okay. Lucas is a terrible director. And I think we all agree on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it would have been, it, w- it was a very good idea for him to give the rings over to his good buddy, Steve, um, to take care <laughs> of this movie. Good buddy, Steve. Yeah. Mr. Leonard, is there anything else you would like to bring up? Um, you know, it's it's you you bring these two big guys together, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, and you're you're kind of always curious of like because there's such a big part of our lives, um, and then they come together to kind of create this thing. I think that's why this these series of movies are so important, and you know, with the mixture of Harrison Ford in there too. Um and it's it's a big deal that this is the movie that they collaborated in. You know, it's these two like giants coming together for it. So I've always really appreciated that. Um, but the other thing that I really appreciate, and it goes back to like memorabilia, mm-hmm. is for a movie that you're like, all right, well, there's the hat, there's the jacket, and there's like the whip. <clears throat> if you start diving in deep to uh, memorabilia about Raiders, I mean, there is so much stuff to think about and people go berserk like so just like anything there was a level of fandom that's associated with Raiders of the Lost Ark or anything Indiana Jones and if you start looking at hats and jackets and whips as you go through the movies there are such distinctions between them okay and just a cornucopia of things to discover um and just as like a little kind of side story I think right before Indy 4 came out you know I was nerdy enough that I was collecting props at the time <laughs> And before the movie was released, there was a story about how the original hatter for Raiders, and I forget who it, it was like it was a British company, I forget the name of it, so forgive me, um, was no longer in business, or they weren't creating the hat in the same style as they were in like the early 80s, like late 70s or whatever it was. So they wanted to get as close to a Raiders hat as they could, so they ended up tapping a um, fan who was like making the hats for his buddies. Mm-hmm. And it was like this dude out in Mississippi who just knew how to make these kind of, you know, beaver fur hats. So they contacted him and, you know, he said, sure, it's going to take me a little while. But he made him. He actually handmade all these things for Indiana 4. But what was great was before the movie had actually come out, it was already on the nerd boards that this guy was doing it. So a handful of us was actually able to contact him, you know, before the movie came out. and Like, hey, can we throw an order in for the hat? So it took forever to make, as you would imagine. I think it was like a six to eight month 
wait for the hat itself, but I actually have an original Indiana Jones in the style of Indy 4 hat uh, sitting in the collection. And it was, not that you want to say it was cheap, but for <laughs> what you're getting, it was relatively inexpensive. I think it was under 300 bucks for this hat. I was going to say, let's throw, throw a number out there, buddy. Yeah, it was 300 bucks, and I got it. It's signed by him. It's in the same... It's made with the same ribbon and the same fur, and it was the same size as the one they actually blocked for it. It was, it's awesome. It's sitting in the shelf. Awesome. And so that's not the one you're yeah. wearing right now. No, this is the uh, this is the costume one. This is the one that I wear outside when I wear it outside, which is never. <laughs> this is the costume one. Gonna... <laughs> this isn't the real hat. This is my costume hat. <laughs> this is this is this is the second hat. This is the the hat I could wear in public. Rob, you live such an interesting life. Don't ever change, man. Oh my man. god. Oh, Don't ever change. Thanks, buddy. With your costume hat and your real hat. <laughs> and there's a clear distinction between the two. And I'm Absolutely. so excited you got that. Thanks, buddy. All right, gentlemen. What was the last question? Well, this is, la- this is the last question right now. Oh, that was it. Oh, all right. Sorry. Underrated, overrated, properly rated. 95% critics, 96% audience. Let's go with you, Rob, first. Underrated. Very properly rated. Very properly rated. Properly rated. <clears throat> I think regardless if you're an Indiana Jones fan or not, I think if you still sit somebody down, and I've done it with my own kids, let's watch this movie. They're still engaged. They're still watching it. They're still interested. Um, and my kids have fairly short attention spans like their old man. But they, they, they still appreciate for what it is. So I think 95% is very appropriately rated for this movie. That's good to hear that your kids liked it and appreciated it because that's that's one of my life goals is to <laughs> impart this movie on on my own children and I'd say it's it's you, it's properly rated also at, at those numbers you can't say it's underrated in any way. Sure. So I would say if we're looking at just the numbers, it's properly rated. I think as a series and I think as like IP, I think it's underrated because in the when Disney bought Lucasfilm. The, the, the cornerstone was Star Wars and everybody forgets about Indiana Jones and what they could possibly do with that and how important it was and how successful the movies have been. And so everybody just focused on Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we also got Indiana Jones. So I think for me, it's a little underrated in that regard that it's, it's just as strong of a series, if not stronger in certain respects. Um, and I think this one specifically, uh, again, just because I don't see it as much, it's not on as much, it's not just forefront of my mind might be a little underrated. But you know, part of that is, I, I think, I think you're absolutely right that it is as far as that merger was concerned, it was like almost an after like, Hey, they also got Indiana Jones, right. but it goes back to, is it going to be as successful without Harrison Ford? I think that's a consideration too. Like the story is great and the character is great. And you know, there's a lot of elements there, but Harrison Ford is such a big piece of it. And we've got Grandpa Harrison Ford right now, so is it worth as much as it was worth in the 80s? No, I understand that, because it's not a universe, where Star Wars has created a universe. But, I mean, there's so many other things you can do with marketing, with products, with rides, again, at Disneyland. There's other things you can do with with Indiana Jones besides just, you know, milking it to its last fucking, its last (laughs) drop, like they're doing with Star Wars. So, that's all I'm saying. Gotcha. Gentlemen... (laughs) <laughs> thank you for taking some time on this lovely Saturday to talk with me. Hopefully you could not hear any construction in the background. Not um, a thing. Yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. I know this is the first time. Is this the first time you guys have been on a pod together? It is. Yeah, yeah. we met the other night at the meeting, but we uh, this is the first <laughs> pod we did. Well, I mean, to be fair, you had talked before, just not in this style. This yeah, we talked treat. on Discord. Yeah. yeah, I bring people together, man. If there's anything so I'm excited like, about... Uh, you say that like every 
episode, man. You're like giving yourself too much of a pat on the back for being this. I mean, if if there's anything I'm excited about is that you guys have all become friends. Like I was friends with each one of you individually, and now you guys are all, from what I can tell, like actually social with each other, and that's 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 cool. I think that's Tyler. Did you hear the bit about how Damien's paying for your flight if I fly out to Anaheim, but he's not paying for my flight? (laughs) Right, I can drive there on a a cheap dime, and he won't pay for you. That's but uh, I appreciate it, and I still I will take you up on that offer, Damien. I think he said he would pay for you to get here. He didn't say it would be a flight. Oh, right. You might have to greyhound <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, semantics, but. Yeah. So. No, I'm giving you shit. This is, uh, you do bring us together, and it's a joyous thing in the world. <laughs> you're just, you know, we had a good time, and then you just, you're just such a prick sometimes. He wasn't. That was sincere. That was from no, the heart. Bullshit. I think you bullshit. take it the wrong bullshit. way. Bullshit. <laughs> I've known that Tyler for a long time. That was not sincere. That last bit was sincere. The, I had to precede it with a little shitty comment. I'm sorry. Do you have any EGs today? I have a tub of it in my freezer. Oh god, is it as good if it's frozen though? Like it's for not for a, it's not right. You got to get it like fresh out of the. Actually, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not as good, but it's still amazing. It's still the best drink in the Western United it's States. So good. You still get sandwich good. and fries. Yeah, we do we do that less often, but the drink is where it's at. They still do like the monthly different flavors? Flavor of the month? Oh yes. man. Right. <laughs> the monthly different flavors, <laughs> right. you mean the flavor of the month? <laughs> What's the soup du jour? Do you mean the soup of the day? <laughs> that sounds good. I gotta go. <laughs> it's been enjoyable, fellas, except for those last like five minutes and uh, we'll do it again. <laughs> All right? Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right, guys, this was a uh, a milestone episode for the Morning Geekdom podcast. This is episode number 50, something that uh, I'm actually really proud of that we we made it this far. It's not something that we thought would actually happen. Um, I just kind of started the podcast. I know I've mentioned this before. I started the podcast just because all of my friends um, are kind of all across the country now. Um, and I just really wanted a place where I could discuss you know, what we all care about, what we all like, and that's just pop culture and movies and conventions and TV and everything. I mean, you guys have heard me say this a million times, but it's just something I wanted to do. And I'm unbelievably proud of the team that that runs it with me and, you know, the guys and gals who who make it possible and and everybody's so great and brings their personality and and I'm really appreciative to to you guys who listen. Um I'm actually shocked, you know, I hear from people that say I, I listen to it when I work out and it helps me get through, you know, gets helps me get things done during the day and just, just all kind of things. And, and that's just crazy to me that, that anybody would actually care <laughs> about, you know, what I have to say or, or what, what my friends have to say, or just listening to our conversations. And I don't know, just every time I hear it, it just blows my mind. I, I really appreciate it. And I can't thank you guys enough. Um, we're going to keep doing this, you know, again, it's something that I really enjoy. Um, and I just, I can't wait to talk about more movies and more TV shows and conventions and, and everything. And I hope you guys, you know, continue to, to listen and, and enjoy the conversations and and you know I I want feedback from you guys I want to know what you want to hear I want to know what you like I want to know, want to know what you dislike I just I want to make it a community you know a, a place where we can really just have these discussions so I really appreciate it and uh, you know thanks to Tyler and thanks to Rob for being on this this one and, and specifically thanks to those two guys for for always being available to help thanks to Beth and Gerald and Damien and Greg and uh, Nicolette you know, I just, again, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for everybody being supportive. Uh, make sure you give us a 
a follow on any of our social media platforms, Instagram, The Morning Geekdom, Facebook and Twitter at The Morning Geekdom. You can always email us, themorninggeekdom at gmail.com. Five-star reviews, tell a friend, and we'll definitely do it again next week. 50 episodes, guys. Can't wait for the next 50. Shout out to Gary Oldman.